0: Lord Dump. Hello and welcome to Lord Dump, the show where we take someone who haven't played a game and walk them through the fool's story. My name is Monty Zander and I'm your host today. I am joined by Chase. I'm drowning in philosophy. <laughs> and Neil. <laughs> I'm fine, I'm on land. <laughs> so um we are covering Bioshock 2 today. <laughs> We're back. We're back.
1: For our weird boomeranging around these series.
0: Yes, uh, due to uh, Neil not being particularly well, we, we've played around a little bit with doing Bioshock, then some Red Dead, and and now we're back to Bioshock. So um, if you listen- And Neil's here for Bioshock this time. Here Yay. for Bioshock. So I have a couple of questions for you both. Um, Chase, you mm-hmm. first, can you just quickly remind me, Bioshock 1 you knew very little about, and now you're being fully caught up because we did that lore dump. I know
1: nothing about Bioshock 2.
0: Nothing about Bioshock 2. The okay.
1: only Bioshock that I would say I have a somewhat understanding of is infinite and even then it's like the first couple hours well hopefully
2: you have a bit of knowledge about one now well
1: (laughs) i mean do i remember things who knows (laughs) i have played half of bioshock infinite now Uh, do you mean one i mean one yes okay um for all the naysayers who say that i never play the games that i buy during recording that's (laughs) us that's us we say that
2: (laughs) but they're shooting with guns
1: I know. Your favorite type of game. Well, that's why I'm only half, is because I got really annoyed fighting um, one of the big daddies because I kept running out of bullets. Fair enough, yeah. (laughs) And I got really annoyed and I rage quit and I went to other games in my backlog.
0: Neil, considering this is your first Bioshock episode, um, can you quickly run me through, what do you know about the Bioshock franchise?
2: So, Monty, I am, uh, I would say, very familiar with one. I remember the story. Uh, everything that happens, the philosophy behind it, this uh, uh, nonsense Randian uh, stuff. Uh, I remember the twist. Um, I know everything about Infinite. I played it when it came out. I think I can remember, I when I say everything, I think I can remember all the beats of the plot. I remember the ending. Um, two is the one I, by far, I'm at least familiar with. There are a couple of like snippets in my head, little flashes of scenes that I think are in this. So you haven't played two? no it's the
0: only one i haven't played cool okay okay cool this is gonna be fun i think um because it's it's a little bit different um but it does build off stuff you already know from bioshock one so go back and listen to that episode if i was mentioning
1: this to them before we hit record and i'm just so confused as to where we're gonna go here it feels like rapture was so built for the initial philosophies of the game yeah and now that everybody's dead like what where are we going from here it, it, it feels like it's just going to retread a lot of ground, so I'm
0: curious. So, Bioshock 2 does is is set in Rapture. <laughs> is it the same map? No, you're going to new bits of Rapture. You cool. do not go back to any old locations. Cool. Okay. Um, it is also, and I think this is the thing to remember with this, it was commissioned as a cash grab. Yeah. Um, so, Irrational did not make this. Okay. 2K Marin made this. 2K was a the publisher. They got 2K Marin to make Bioshock 2 because... Bioshock Infinite got stuck in development hell and they thought that it was going to come out a lot sooner than it did
1: Oh, so so they were never actually meant to do Bioshock 2, it was meant to be 1 to Infinite
0: 1 then Infinite, 2K Myron was brought in to essentially make this sequel to Tide People Over and the thought process Mm. was, people love Rapture, people like the big daddies you know, iconography people know, it was a game of the year contender, etc Um, now you're doing
2: more Rapture stuff and I'm right in thinking that at the time it got a very lukewarm reception from fans. and um, There's been some sort of attempt recently, uh, again, I've not played it, so I can't judge, to sort of reclaim it and say, actually, no, this is the best one for some reasons. And uh, yeah. yeah. As far as gameplay is concerned, Bioshock 2 is the best one. As far as
0: story is concerned... It's definitely not as good as 1. 1 is the best. Depends how I feel regarding... <laughs> and then Infinite.
1: Infinite is there somewhere.
0: The Infinite f- is a complex 1. And I think my feelings about Infinite... I love Infinite. Despite its problems. I love Just like I love all of these, despite their problems. Uh, because even 1 isn't perfect. But d- people have reclaimed...
1: Mean, final boss battle was stellar. <laughs> that's, that's one of the best bosses in gaming.
0: There are people out there that believe that Bioshock 2 is the best one. Um, I don't think its handling of its philosophy is nearly as good as one. And it's probably... It's Do bad. you think now, it's handled
1: poorly? I,
0: like, I, it, I can't, I can't say anything. Ex- is it handled acceptably? It's interesting. Okay, that's that's enough for me. The problem that comes... Okay, so basically, I'm just going to tell you straight up. It's all about collectivism, right? So the first... Mm-hmm. G- it says I've got it here in my notes. The first game is all about objectivism, selfishness is a virtue, capitalism, etc. This is all about collectivism and... To a certain extent, socialism, but not really, despite what people claim. Uh, it's more about collectivism than it is about socialism. You can ha- be a capitalist collectivist. Mm-hmm. Collectivism is not a socialist-only policy. Right. For the groundwork,
1: yes. can you please explain the difference in those philosophy sets?
0: Collectivism is all about the collective matters, and that's it. And as a result, collectivism is all about giving up your personal identity. At its absolute core, you give up your personal identity and you are one with the collective. Yourself. So Chase wouldn't in the context if Lord Dump was a collective, you wouldn't be Chase. You would just be a part of Lord Dump. You would lose your personal identity. Socialism isn't about losing your personal identity. You retain your personal identity in socialism. Does that make sense?
1: I see. It's
0: like it's we're not just talking about like economic policy here. Collectivism is a spiritual philosophy that has been translated into economic philosophy. Mm. Um it's it's really interesting. I choose to look at Bioshock 2 in a different way to get the most out of it, which is it's all about cults because particularly the villains uh, who who you'll meet a woman called Sophia lamb she was based off of jim jones and jonestown and yeah but regardless bioshock 2 so it was commissioned as a cash grab it had multiplayer bolted on it was a whole thing we're not going to worry about any of that we're just going to focus on bioshock 2 the story it's a bit more narrative focused than Bioshock 1, but there's also a lot of new history here that recontextualizes the days of Andrew Ryan and Frank Fontaine. So just like last time, I will be drawing from John Shirley's book as we go. Parts of it might feel a little bit like a history lesson, just like the first one, but it's all cool and interesting, so stick with me. Um, and. There is a bit more of an interactive nature to this episode. Oh,
1: no. I won't
0: tell you more right now. So let's just kick off. Part one, the Adonis Resort.
1: Monty, would you kindly please start the Lordum? <laughs>
0: and would you I'm kindly not. like and subscribe? <laughs> <laughs> New Year's Eve, 1958. So for context, the Kashmir bombing, which was when Atlas and his people blew up the restaurant. That was New Year's Eve, 1959. Oh, okay. The city of rapture beneath the Atlantic Ocean. We march slowly towards a vent and knock against it. A little girl called Eleanor emerges, clutching a stuffed doll of a they big baby. They have names baby. now? This one does. Is, is this a special one? You'll find out. Interesting. She smiles, waves, looks at the doll and holds it out. Look, Daddy, she says, her voice ethereal and warped, just like the little sisters were in the first game. Her eyes bulge with a luminescent glow. It's you. The big daddy lowers her to the ground and marches obediently behind her as she skips ahead. Let's go out to play, daddy. And in the reflection of the glass, we see ourselves. So in Bioshock 2, we are playing as a big daddy. Um, but we look a little bit different from the big daddies that you'll know from the first game. Mm. Not like the big metal husks. There's something kind of rougher and earlier about this design.
1: Feels more human.
0: It, it, he does
2: look more human. Yes, absolutely. It
1: feels more like cyborg than robot. mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Even though I know the big daddies weren't technically robots, but you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's sort of like a, a person in a in an old-timey diving suit, isn't yeah. it, really? But you're still presumably very tall and strong. Yes, you are. Yeah, you got your drill, you got all your stuff. Which,
1: to be fair, if I remember right, was originally what they... Because they, they were, were they not repair,
0: like, people? The, this is... I'm not going to tell you more. You'll learn. You'll learn. You'll learn. I'm going to spoil well, it. I thought, I thought that was Battleshock 1 things. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So bear in mind, this has taken place during the, the glory days of rapture in a sense. Um, put it this way. This guy shouldn't be out and about right now. Um, Interesting. According to history. Um, so Eleanor dashes on ahead and she hovers over a corpse bleeding out to the top of some stairs. She pulls a massive needle and stabs it violently into it, sucking the atom drained from its body. You remember, Adam's like the magic juice. Mmm, mm, she says. We hear music echo from far away, and she looks delighted. More angels, Daddy! This way! And off she goes. We push through a raucous party. The people of Rapture are drinking contentedly, jabbering animatedly, discussing the riots at Apollo Square, the firefight between Ryan and Fontaine. On the screens, we see Andrew Ryan, Rapture's founder, addressing the people of his city. And then, a scream. A high-pitched, shrill scream. Eleanor's scream. We rush through to an atrium and see a group of massed splicers wrestling with her, shrieking at each other. Get the atom off her, quickly! And without a second thought, we leap down, smashing a- This is all cutscene, we are not controlling the Big Daddy. We smash a splicer's head under our boot, we whir up our drill, skewer one of them with a slow sweep of our hand, we smash another into the wall. The dust settles, we catch our breath, and just as we go to Eleanor, boom. We're hit by a plasmid- called Hypnotize Big Daddy. So this is actually a plasmid we could unlock in the first game and use it on Big Daddy. Oh, I know. I've used it. Oh, you've used and it. And I still run out of bullets.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, boom. We're, we get hit by this, this plasmid. We're frozen in place. There we are, a crisp English voice says. A woman steps into view. The subtitles tell us that her name is Sophia Lamb. He's perfectly safe now, she says to Eleanor before turning to us. This is not your daughter. Do you understand? Her name is Eleanor and she is mine. Now, kneel please. We kneel. Remove your helmet. We remove our helmet. They can take off their helmets? This one can. Take this pistol. We take the pistol. Place it against your head and fire. Bang. A gunshot echoes out as we hear Eleanor scream, Daddy, and everything goes dark. Welp. Ten years later, a radio crackles and a familiar Belarusian accent rings out. Hello? Bridget Tenenbaum says, hello, can you hear me? We come to and stand in a Vita chamber. I didn't mention them in Bioshock 1, but they're basically our checkpoint system. If Jack died in that game, he'd be carried back there by the Little Sisters and resurrected. Um, Also interesting um, lore tidbit that I didn't put into that game. Only Andrew Ryan at the time, only Andrew Ryan could access these. He could only use them. He locked them down. Mm-hmm. Um, and only J- Andrew Ryan or anybody with his genetic code, Jack, his son, could use them. It was one of the earlier hints, basically, that, right. that Jack was his son. Uh, but now, because this is like the fall of Rapture, 10 years later, Jack has killed Ryan. The place has fallen to ruin. The v- so has- 10
2: years later, that is. am I right in saying that's mm-hmm. years after one? Mm-hmm. Because one's one's not 10 years after 1958. Is
1: there one fairly recently after the Fall Rapture? Yeah,
2: Yeah. one is 1961. So this is eight years. Eight-ish years. Yeah, Yeah. eight years
0: after the first one. This is where we're at. Checking our hands and our reflection, we see that we are still playing as the Big Daddy from the prologue. Seems like that's exactly what happened to him as well. He also got resurrected by one of the Vita Chambers. We stand in the Adonis Resort, a hotel and spa on the far side of Rapture. In fact, we get an audio log from Andrew Ryan where he moans about how he has to be here with Diane McClintock, who you'll remember was his mistress, no, his girlfriend rather, who Atlas killed because she learned that Fontaine was Atlas. Atlas was Fontaine. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. We, we, We got some kind of audio logs by her, but we never met her, but he's been moaning about her and he compares her voice to quote animal bleating mm-hmm. so yeah N- adrian still a piece of shit someone should I can kill that guy no i really wish someone would um so neon lights flicker invitingly but it's slowly flooding rapture seem better days the ocean is literally seeping in marked on the wall on the opposite side of the room are the words fallen fallen is babylon in white paint mm-hmm. underneath it are photographs and missing persons posters Somewhere in the distance, we hear little sisters chattering excitedly among themselves. So if you remember, Jack saved the little sisters at the end of the first game, and he took them up to the surface. So why the hell are the little sisters still down here? Interesting. That's not the only paint we see, though. Uh, we also have posters of Sophia Lamb, the woman from the beginning, adorned with blue butterflies. Lamb is watching a splash next to them. Other phrases like Rapture will be born in the womb of the ocean, and the end of Ryan is the end of the self, and reject the tyranny of the self. So, who exactly is Sophia Lamb? Dr. Sophia Lamb? She was a brilliant psychiatrist who was brought down to Rapture by Andrew Ryan back in the day and given a seat on the Central Council. Rapturians were becoming a little stir-crazy, even during the early days, no sunlight, etc. They even made, like, vitamin D gum and stuff to try and, like, cheer people up. But the main reason he brought her down here was to keep an eye on any potential rumblings of those gosh darn unions, you know, because he'd heard that the fishermen were starting to think about unionising under Fontaine, all this stuff. So he brought her down to basically be a plant for him, conduct psychology sessions and find out, who's, who's bitching about going city? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get him. So that was what, why she was brought down. We learn a little bit more about her in a couple of audio logs. So, audio log one. To my daughter, Eleanor, soon you will be born and rapture will be your home. You shall be raised as I was, to advance the common good through social psychiatry. This city's potential is immeasurable, Eleanor. Yet our beliefs are unwelcome here. Life will be difficult, but the price of revolution is always dear. If we are patient with her, rapture will come to us. And audiologue 2, which gives a little insight into like how much she really believed her own bullshit, basically. You must learn to play poker, Eleanor. Like anyone, I am flawed and have a fierce genetic bias towards competition. But each Saturday, I reach the other players and I pick a man who will benefit the most from victory. By the final hand, I ensure that he takes home my entire stake and that of the others who I previously won it from. I win nothing but the feeling of conquest over myself, and the wealth of my competitors is slowly reshuffled according to their needs. So she literally would go to poker games win all the money using magic psychiatry voodoo and (sighs) would essentially then give it to, like, the poor guy in the room by letting him beat
2: her by accident. Mm. Um, So, yeah. A curious way of redistributing wealth. 100%. And bear in mind... How how many poor people can be... I doubt it was any poor people because there's no one poor playing a a poker game in Rapture with a bunch of rich people. It's Mm. like, I I would, like, surely just a slightly less rich person. You're, honestly, yes. Um,
0: yeah, you're, you're already kind of seeing a little bit that... So Sophia Lam, collectivist, selflessness, etc. But again, what she's doing is she's clearly building this philosophy off of the ruin. This is my problem with it. The ruins of an objectivist dystopia. So it's like, and it is objectivist in like the, the worst possible way. We saw how how ruined it was. The idea of kind of walking into an environment like that and going, collectivism, it'll work. Like it wouldn't. Not in this environment. And exactly what you said, Chase, I kind of wish that they created their own world to explore this. Because I don't think collectivism is perfect. I think there's a lot you could say about it and a really interesting game in there. But building off of the bones of rapture undermines its central thesis, I would argue. So we find a gatherer's garden vending machine and we see more writings and scribbles. Yulah, you wanted to say something?
1: I was mainly just curious about the fact that you said that collectivism is, you know, loss of self for the collective, yet Lamb is a very not lost self
0: mm-hmm. it's,
1: a very, it's a very figurehead
2: yeah, uh, very enigmatic individual yeah absolutely yeah lamb
0: lamb very much is keeping her own identity through all this as the figurehead she's not totally full of shit regarding that and uh am gonna leave that hang in the air for now we're gonna get there interesting so we find a gatherer's garden vending machine we see more writings and scribbles and this time the, the scribbles seem to be from eleanor in big scratchy letters and phrases like please hurry daddy are sprawled on the floor Arrows guide us to some plasmids. Looks like we got our superpowers again, hooray! And as the plasmids rewrite our genetic DNA, we collapse to the floor, and a little sister approaches. Not Eleanor. You'll note. What do you note about the little sister here?
2: Um, yeah, maybe it's just the lighting, but like sort of green. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah. Um,
2: she's older. Ah, I uh, worry that you you weren't here yeah, for no, one no, meal, no, but no. she is
0: older. They are. They are absolutely canonically older than they were in Bioshock One. But not eight years older.
1: I'm mainly confused as to why there are little sisters. I thought that they were all undone in the last game. Yes,
0: absolutely. That's not a plot hole. That's going to get explained. Has has Lamb been just hiding sisters this whole time? So the little sister walks up and she goes, Daddy was sleeping for such a long time and Eleanor has missed you. Find her and you'll be all better. Why does she have a name? And then... WHOOSH, like a flash, a tall slender figure in a diver's suit, rushes into shot, grabs the little sister, and races down the hallway. She's too quick for us to get a good look at it, this, is, this took me ages to find this shot, but we do hear it give off a high-pitched, unearthly metallic shriek. <sighs> Thankfully, this is when Bridget Tenenbaum says hello. Ah, at last, a signal! My name is Tenenbaum. I know who you are, and I'm in much need of your help. Please, find me in the Atlantic Express train station. So, Tenenbaum, it turns out, came back to Rapture after escaping at the end of the first game. We find... Yeah, so at the end of the first one, Chase, you were asking, Whoa, where's Tenenbaum? And I was like, I can't tell you anything right now. You're like, why? And it's like, because you'll find out another day. She left, but she came back. Why did she come back? Well, we find an audio diary where she talks about why. The little ones I rescued are all grown up, she says. They think of me no more. After what I once did to them, it was a joy to be forgotten. But now... All around the world, children vanish by the sea, kidnapped, and so I return in fear of what I already know. Someone is creating new little ones, continuing my work, my sins. Even if I'm to die for it, I must stop them. Right. Hmm. So someone else came down here after the first game. This guy, Mark Meltzer. Art by Keisha Siemens. Again, just like before, um, I will be using fan art uh, to tell us a little bit more about what's going on. Um, But this is Mark Meltzer. So we're not going to go in depth with it, but there was a really fun, in the marketing as part of this in the run up, there was um, a really fun kind of ARG thing happening. Um, Like there was a website built, and basically, um, you're going to learn a bit more about Mark in a minute, but you learned a bit more about why he came to Rapture, and I've got the stuff in here for you, but why he came to Rapture, what he was seeing on the surface. Um, what it was that brought him here and he was essentially trying to unravel a mystery of like what's going on where do, do, we,
2: do we know yet um, what his History. job was on the like, gonna surface world no we don't no. okay cool. yeah, don't so, so it's not like he's here. a detective or, or he was just a guy
0: who well you're gonna find out why he came to rapture in a bit but he was just a guy uh, just a businessman or something
2: and remind me just for the sake of mm-hmm. me because um, I listened to the episode and I have played these games before in one it, we finish one still with the understanding that the 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 little sisters are really only useful for harvesting Adam, right? Yes, There's but not re- once they're
0: cured, they can grow up and become. Yes, but, of the,
2: but from a from a pers- just trying to think of what you know, making more of them. Mm. The only reason we have today is to harvest Adam. Um, yeah, absolutely. The, the the Adam concept very
0: important and something I pointed out to Chase in the episode that you might have missed, Neil, was that Adam, especially. You can uh, pick up... you got the ghostly visions as Jack because Adam carries memories in it. That's right. Right? So
1: this may be... Is, is whoever's doing this c- capturing the
0: same little girls that grew up? No, different, brand new little girls.
1: I thought they didn't have the sea slugs to make more little girls. Uh, I thought that's why question. the old little girls were so important was that they had the only sea slugs.
0: Well, they, I, think, I think it's more like they had enough to make some little sisters. They didn't have enough to make on an industrial scale... Plasmids and everything pumping it out without the little sisters. But honestly, never explained. Never explained uh, where the new Adam comes from. There's just some sea. It's been 10 years, there's just some more sea slugs. They were so excited about finding out more sea slug lore. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I'm
1: just glad I fucking remembered there were these yeah. so uh, yeah
0: so we find uh, uh, some audio diaries by Mark Meltzer who came down as well years years later uh, he's never been to Rapture before he's a man from the surface how mm-hmm. did he know about it? Uh, he uncovered mysteries and stuff um, yeah he, but he got here he learned about Rapture in the surface maybe Tenenbaum told someone rumours spread all these sort of things yeah. but yeah so audio log number one by Mark Barely made it down alive, but here it is, and it's real. Rapture. This is where that thing took my my poor baby girl. From what I saw on the sub, most of the city's in ruins. But there were lights here and there, and shapes, and moving. I'm rambling. Scared, I guess. But maybe, maybe if I can find this Dr. Lamb I keep hearing over the PA, I'll find Cindy too. So he came down looking for his daughter, Cindy, who went missing. And then we find another one. Fucking brave dad going down to the bottom of the ocean Absolutely for that? Absolutely, yeah, dad of the year. So we find another audiologue where he says, I found one, a child, filthy dress, all alone. I approached her, praying that it was Cindy, but she was gorging herself on blood from a corpse. It wasn't her. I stared, just, just reeling, and then that skinny, armored freak that took Cindy jumped me, shrieking like an animal. I escaped, but could Cindy have become one of those things?
2: I've got to find her, now more than ever. Right, so the Armored Shrieking figure took both the, the little sister we saw earlier and the human child from in front of him. Uh, and that's why he's here. Right, yep. okay. Interesting.
0: As we keep going, I'm going to keep showing you the Mark Meltzer audio logs because um, they're interesting and they show mainly they show like, what a newcomer thinks of Rapture. And it's interesting to trace his journey and find out, if did he find Cindy? Like, who knows? Mm. So, yeah. Uh, but he's not massively important to the overall lore, just he, he adds a lot of flavour. So moving on through the resort, we eventually make it to the Grand Foy. A little sister kneels here, harvesting Adam from a corpse. Eleanor? Not Eleanor. Oh, Cindy? Uh, Not Cindy. Just just a little sister, no name. She turns slowly, looks at us, and says, Daddy, Big Sister doesn't want you playing with us. But she's interrupted by another metallic shriek as the slender-suited figure leaps through the air and pins us to the ground. She... yeah. So, Big Sister, this is... A female Big Daddy, basically. Oh! Mm. Um, Yeah, and she... Not happy. Not happy. I assumed
1: by Big Sister they meant Eleanor.
0: So this slender metallic figure, this this suited figure says... She leers at us. She doesn't speak, sorry. She leers at us and we knock her back. But Q-Boss fight with the Big Sister. Uh, The battle's long and hard. She's armed with plasmids, just like we are. So you've played the game, Chase. Mm -hmm. Both of you, Big Daddies don't have plasmids. Mm -hmm. She does. Big Sisters absolutely do. Uh, I will say, there are numerous Big Sisters... Uh, there's, it's like the big daddies Are it's they are big one.
1: daddies of this game or they are, the are there additionally big daddies yeah
0: I mean the idea is like if you're playing as a big daddy is a big daddy boss fight really gonna be that tough these things are tougher they're faster and they have plasmids so they're your big daddy fights
1: Interesting.
0: but where do they come from they do we,
1: do we, do, we do we play as the big daddy for the whole game
0: we are the big daddy the entire game we have a drill on our, our thing we got a harpoon gun attached to it we got plasmids we can pick up guns um, we don't have the fishbowl view thankfully Thank God. you can if you want but there is an option to turn it off and I always turn it off Um, you can also and this is the mainly important bit because you've played it now you can dual wield so you can fire plasmids and fire your gun both at the same time. Right. And there's nothing better than, like, shocking someone with electricity while just shooting them with a gun at the same time. and <laughs> it just, it's so good. She leers at us, we fight her, she shoots fire, all that good stuff. And eventually, at half health, she retreats to the humongous pane of glass separating the resort from the ocean outside. She runs alongside it using sharp spikes attached to her wrists, cracks the glass, and then whoosh. The window explodes, the ocean rushes in, and Delta is swept through the ocean floor. Um, oh, sorry where Delta's our main character, we're gonna call him Delta, that's his name, alright, Delta. Tenenbaum pops up in the comms, and is like, In the suit, even the ocean cannot harm you, yes? But Rapture is the death of many great men. You can still reach the train station, find me there. So, through the ocean we march, eventually reaching the central station of the Atlantic Express, which was Rapture's train. Part 2 the Atlantic Express. Entering the airlock to the train station, some TV screens flicker into life. And Sophia Lamb addresses us directly in smooth black and white. I know you, she says. That symbol on your hand marks you a dead man. Ten years, subject delta, since I watched you put a gun to your head and pull the trigger. But take heart. Out of your pain, paradise was born. Please understand that all I have done is an act of love. That's nice. Lamb sends a horde of splicers at Delta, and he just escapes with his life. But then, and I should point out, she sends them. Um, it's not like Andrew Ryan where he he would almost just like unlock a door and then they'd like flood in like zombies in a sense. She's like Delta's here, come and get him. And the splicers go, uh, okay, and they come and do as she asks. Yeah. Is, is she them? giving them Adam
2: ad, ad or something?
0: But they do. All we know is they do what she says. A cult of Lamb. Mm. Mm. Oh ha. Yeah. So uh, he just escapes his life, and then WHOOSH! A vision! A uh, psychic tra- transmission from Eleanor. Father, it's me, Eleanor. I know you're awake in there. I can feel it. I'm trapped here. Smuggling these gifts out is the most I can do to help. So, here's a plasmid, some more powers, please come and find me, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. Here's some power-ups for you, right? This will happen a few times throughout the game. Eleanor will just kind of leave us little bits and bobs to help us get stronger. So what is meant stuff?
1: here by mother won't be able to toy with you like that ever again?
0: Oh, uh, the the uh, mind control, right? Yeah, yeah. The, the hypnotized Big Daddy plasmid. She's basically saying like, oh, I'm, I'm making sure you're. She can't use that on you later, sort oh. of idea. Um, so yeah, don't don't worry too much about that. But basically, he's immune to hypnotize Big Daddy now.
2: So after the first game. Uh... How are we feeling about following the advice of a narrator that we, or, or, or a voice in our ear that we can't see? <laughs>
0: yep, she, she leaves us little stuff. Uh, whenever we find them, there's always, they're always like inside toy carts and have like childish chalk scribbled next to them, saying so, like, Here you go, Daddy, or a gift for you, Daddy, that sort of thing. So, finding Den- Tenenbaum, finally. She's frustrated. And what I am going to say is that in when we covered the first one, Chase, you did ask me, is Tenenbaum all spliced up? Um, and I told you, yes. I was wrong. She is. She technically is in that game, but it's purely the character models. We never see her spliced up. This is me looking behind the scenes and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, So don't worry too much about it. She was never spliced up. She looks like a normal human woman. Um, Just absolutely fine. A bit skinny, but doing well. So she looks old, tired, the years have not been kind to her. She's like, now you've met our common enemy, Sophia Lamb. She is doing something to the little ones. Since the fall, she has taken over. She's in control now. She will turn the splicers against you. Most big daddies are like her slaves, guarding the little ones, but someone it seems has awakened you. Here is what the children tell me. You are a very old big daddy, bonded for life to a single little one, Eleanor Lamb, daughter of Sophia Lamb. When you are apart for too long, your body starts to shut down, like a coma. As long as the girl is in rapture, you are trapped here as well. To find Eleanor, you will need to make it to Fontaine Futuristics on the other side of the city. We are going to get to see what Fontaine Futuristics look like. We never saw that in the first game. Yeah, cool. We are going there. You will see that. What are you thinking?
1: So dish- so-, so Lamb is making the Little Sisters, mm. but Tenenbaums come back and can still control the Little Sisters?
2: No, Tenenbaums come back with like her super special plasmid that cures them. Just like before. So yeah, we, we should point out for anyone listening, um, we're looking at Tenenbaum in a room with some uh, presumably mostly cured little girls and she's sort of set up a almost like a little birthday party scene for them. And there's a little teddy bear in a hat, maybe some cake, and they're playing games on the floor. But most importantly of all, what Tenenbaum has
0: told us is really key as we move forward is that Eleanor is our little sister, is Delta's little okay. sister. And if we're apart for too long, our body shuts down and we go into a coma. So we need to get back to Eleanor to reunite and, or else we're going to die, basically. Okay. So that's key. Um, they are genetically bonded. So Lamb suddenly pops up on the screen behind Tenenbaum and is like, get lost, you creep. There's no room for you in paradise. You know, wank. Uh, I know of your bond with Eleanor. Um, oh, you're, you're going to save. You only care about her so you can save yourself. But she's got a destiny. One you cannot share. And then, bang, on the screen, she puts a picture of us. Citizens of Rapture. This is subject Delta. Behind that mask hides an enemy of the people without soul or sympathy. It is a beast apart. And as family, we must tear out its jaw and drive it back into the sea. So she calls them the family, cult Whoosh swarm of rabid muling splicers descend on us, and as they do, they scream things like FOR the family and protect the lamb, she will guide us, and all that sort of stuff. They're all cultists now. Defeating them, Tenenbaum is like, Delta, I'm sorry for this, but I must leave you. There are others I must help before the city drowns. There is a man, Sinclair. He is an ally and will guide you to Eleanor. Goodbye.
1: Sinclair's still here. And
0: good luck. You don't know who Sinclair is, you never met Sinclair. not a name that I know? Nope, not a name that you know.
1: Oh, it's sounds familiar.
0: Nope. Uh, never mentioned a Sinclair in the first game at all. No. Okay. Is New Sinclair character. Scottish? Uh, no, he's not. Sounds like quite a uh, he's Southern. He's Southern American. He's got like a Southern Belle sort of accent, which I'll try, but I will not be able to do.
2: Hey, um, sugar. I'm just here enjoying a mint julep on the porch.
0: It's absolutely how Sinclair sounds. <laughs> yeah, I won't be able to nail it, but that's that's what he sounds like. So, It's when we find the Atlantic Express and board it, that Sinclair officially says hello. In the first game, we got around with the bathyspheres, but here we're using the train. Um, I thought the whole point was
1: that trains were shit and that's why they had bathyspheres.
0: Trains weren't shit. Bathyspheres were just more private, more leisurely, more prestige. So people just start to use them more, but the train works. It's just, but no one used it anymore. So the Atlantic Express just got shut down.
1: I could have sworn that the bathyspheres were already there when it was invented.
0: No, train first, then bathyspheres. In fact, I don't have it written down here, but we do find it of uh, some audio logs by the man that invented the train. And basically, because people stopped using the train, uh, he fell to poverty and ended up
2: dying. Uh, he, oh, became a, became he, 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 he would have die. been he would have been raging as well. You've got to imagine it's like how um, it's, it must be like how Skype felt after everyone started <laughs> using Teams. Quite
0: literally, he he says he, he says
1: about
2: Ryan, at work. You really use, Skype use Skype at work? I'm going to talk to you about this afterwards because that it baffles me. We
1: also use Teams, but we primarily use Skype.
0: Especially considering, we're not going to name it, but you work for a company that shouldn't be using Skype. They should be using quite advanced tech, I would argue. Regardless, we get to the train station and Sinclair is waiting for us. Um, Sinclair, here's some art by Artisks. Um So he calls us up. Sorry, we haven't seen him in person yet, but he calls us up. Uh, And he's got a wily southern lilt. His voice is smooth as butter. He calls us up and is like, Well, look at you. A bona fide knight in armor, complete with an iron horse. The name's Augustus Sinclair, sport esquire. Oh, Tenenbaum and I share an interest in the old Fontaine building. The very same place you'll find Eleanor Lamb. I think you and I can do business. Take the train to Rhine Amusements. I'll see you shortly. So, Sinclair. Our new voice in the ear. This Sinclair takes on our actless role. Okay.
1: So I don't trust him.
2: <laughs> they can't do it twice. Surely. Surely. Hey, sugar. Just need you to kindly pick me up some stuff.
0: <laughs> so part three, Ryan Amusements. Told you we're going to blast them through these quite quickly. Um, Is this a, they get longer as roller
1: we roller go. Are we on a roller coaster? Delta,
0: Delta takes the train through to the next stop, Ryan Amusements. Hey. It is an amusement park commissioned by Andrew Ryan, but it's less about roller coasters and more about propaganda. Can you
2: imagine the, the lack of safety regulation in a place with no uh, sort of proper government bodies to watch over that stuff? Yep. Yep. So, uh,
0: yeah, basically the railway is frozen over. So in order to get to our next stop, we need to dick about here and get a fire plasmid. We don't unlock that yet. So go in, get a fire plasmid. It's basically an excuse to explore Ryan Amusements. So, the amusement park was made to educate children on the dangers of the surface. We worked through exhibits called Taxes Avenue and Parasite Lane. The guy who designed the park, called Carlson Fiddle, hated how involved Ryan got with the whole thing, so, in his own words, he says, I was hired to engineer a park the likes of which no man has seen, and now all I do is watch over it like a grizzled sheepdog. My first line of mechanical puppets made the children here cool with wonder, but Ryan thought Wait, there were kids in Rapture? Yeah, little sisters, isn't it? I thought outside of little sisters there weren't kids here? No, they were little boys, little girls, families. You know, yeah, people brought their families to Rapture because they're idiots. Um, But yeah, they were like, we hate taxes. Bring my whole family under the ocean. That's a plan. So yeah, um, and people had had kids. You know, Rapture was going for about 10 years before it fell to
2: hell. He he was saying he feels like a a sheepdog. Yeah. He should have no problem with lamb in that case. Oh moving on also
1: before we move on <laughs> yeah. in the first game mm. we were quite hit with ryan's philosophy mm. from the second that we entered the bath sphere yeah
0: i feel like i have not even gotten a lick of lamb's philosophy yet uh you do in the adonis resort all that stuff i did in the adonis resort everything else so far no the game is nothing in the adonis resort felt fallen fallen as babylon no
1: One one thing written on a wall does not... Yeah, a philosophy
0: maker. I mean, she quite literally—that is all she's done. She she wrote a book called *Metamorphosis*, which don't worry about it. I'll show you some stuff by it later. And um, she There's already a famous book called *Metamorphosis*. Well, yeah, and and she and she's, and she literally just graffiti on the wall. She she's they, she has done exactly what the dev- devs have done, which is that she's like painted her own philosophy over the first game over *Rapture*.
2: That's what we're doing. Actually, *Metamorphosis* Our, is about uh, it's other. About it's, about, it's, about, uh, it's about otherness. The the real book mm, *Metamorphosis* yeah. is, is about. This is all about butterflies. Yeah.
1: The main issue is I feel like we're, we're still just getting rhymes.
0: This is very awesome. much here for people who did not play the first game and needed a quick, uh, literally a, an amusement park ride through, like, oh, here's what the first game was. Um, that's what this I is. Am, yeah. I'm,
2: I'm curious about the picking of the name, uh, Lamb. Obviously, it's not the same devs. Is it the same? Are the writers the same? Did like Levine have a hand in writing? I know exactly what you're thinking. Jordan Thomas, um, one of the l- Jordan Thomas
0: was the lead level design who made um one of the best levels in the first game, Fort Frolic. The Sander Cohen uh-huh. level, the artist, uh, he made that. He was a level designer. He's the creative director of this one. So, and after this, he then moved over to become part of the writing team for Infinite.
2: Interesting. Lamb. Lamb's an interesting pick for because yes. I don't think it's a, I don't f- I can't think of anything that's like a one to one. It's of like Iron Man, Ryan, Dan, Ryan. But um, lamb's an interesting animal to pick because there's a lot of big biblical significance, sacrifice and suffering and in- innocence and gentleness associated Well, with
0: try animals. not to give too much away for Chase's sake, but you are definitely going to pick up on parallels between two and infinite. Got you. It's almost like Ken Levine like played 2, but I don't think he did uh, for reasons that annoy me. Um, but yeah, yeah, so you're going to pick up a parallel, and you will when we get to Infinite Chase, parallels with Bioshock 2. I just want long. to
1: know what you mean by that when we get to it. Yeah,
0: yeah. You'll, you'll, you'll see. Yeah, we'll get there. Um, so anyway, the, the guy who created Ryan Amusements is like, my... Uh, My mechanical puppets made the children here cool with wonder, but Ryan thought my vision was immature. Antiquated, he said. This place could have been something magical, but instead he turned it into a school. No, a cathedral dedicated to himself. A perfect example of what the park is like comes in one of the amusements. A mechanical husband and wife sit watching TV. Their son lies on the carpet engrossed in the news, or cartoons, or whatever. We hear Andrew Ryan's words narrate the scene. So he narrates all of these little dioramas. Upon the surface, your parents sought a private life, using their great talents to provide for you. They learned to twist the lies of church and government, believing themselves masters of the system. But then the parasites said, No! A gigantic mechanical hand is lowered into the exhibit. <laughs> the lights flash an evil red as the sun is quite literally dragged off into darkness. Oh my God. You will go
2: to war, Adrian Ryan continues, and die for your nation. <laughs> this is very ironic, isn't it? I'm talking about kids being taken, and yeah.
0: Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, absolutely. Um, so Sinclair is like, yeah, the park's creepy, so watch your step. I'll meet you when you're back, son. I've already been on all the rides. So what is Sinclair's deal? Well, he's an Ayn Rand hero. Like, as in the way Ayn Rand would
2: write as, as in, books. as in, like, a f- like the for the fighting head. Yes, f- yes. So, yes. so... Uh, uh, very sexually inappropriate towards women in the story then I would imagine. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, Sinclair, uh, not not like that, no. So again <clears>
1: then, <throat> leaning f- seemingly a lot more heavily on
0: the first game's philosophy. No, what I mean by that is, because bear in mind the point of this is the first game is is ripping the shit out of objectivism. This game is ripping the shit out of collectivism. Sinclair is our friend and he is an Ayn Rand hero. He is a good guy, but he's a little bit selfish. Selfishness is a virtue, etc. So, So I'll tell you, so... Prior to Rapture, Sinclair was raised by his selfless grandfather, who worked on the Panama Canal. But all of that selflessness did him no good when he drowned during the work. It left quite an impression on Sinclair, and he grew up deciding that the only worthwhile efforts were self-serving ones. Prior to the fall of Rapture, he was a lawyer and a businessman who owned Sinclair Solutions, a construction business that helped with the maintenance of Rapture. But that wasn't the end of his enterprise. He had fingers in a few pies across the city.
1: If that hungry boy. <laughs> you
0: could argue that you had like Ryan, Fontaine, and then Sinclair was like the third most powerful man in the city from, oh, a, a, from a fortune sense. He was very rich. Um, so, yeah, so, so he owned everything though. He had fingers in pies like housing development, casinos, stuff like that. He left quite an impression on anyone who came across him. Like this rat faced little cunt. Sorry, runt. Um, Stanley Poole. So, art by Brew Kiln. Very difficult to get art for Stanley, because nobody likes Stanley. He was one of the leading writers for the Rapture Tribune, the one and only newspaper in the city. Again, Andrew Ryan owned the newspaper. And we find a, a audio log by him where he says... I uh, met with Sinclair today at Sinclair Solutions. It's this pseudo-legal firm he set, to set up to take problems Ryan doesn't want to admit he has and make them go away. I could fill 40 front pages of the Tribune with stories about this fella, if he wasn't paying me not to. And he's got work for me, right? I ask what? He flashes me those thousand dollar Steinman teeth, saying, This job will quote, change history, end quote. So, what was the job? What was the job that Sinclair had for Stanley Poole the journalist? Well, later we find another audio log by Stanley that tells us more. I wish I could publish this stuff, he says. It's Newsman pay dirt. Sinclair says Ryan's making a move against Sophia... Lam- I don't know why I'm, t- I'm tripping into you my Barry me. Wheeler. A <laughs> Sinclair says Ryan's making a move against Sophia Lamb, and they want to cut me in on the action. They're building a case that Lamb's a closet pinko, sort of an undercover thing. So a what? Pinko, like a commie. A communist. Ah. Oh. Yeah, because again, Ryan hired her. He was like, come down. She was a member of the council. She was very powerful. Mm -hmm. And her job was to do a bit of union busting for him and rat out the unionists.
2: Yeah, that ain't ain't socialist
0: behavior. No. And he was basically like, oh, uh, I've learned that she might actually be a socialist. Um, You know, so. So, so Lamb's a closet pinko. Sort of an undercover thing I've got to do. So, I cozy up to this religious type. Uh... What's his name? Wales, they call him. Simon Wales. He works for them. I tell him I want to join that little family. Then I find out whether that priest grew his ba- beard for Jesus or Karl Marx.
2: <laughs> 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 so Stanley was working undercover to find the commies, basically. Mm. Neither Jesus or Marx, I understand what he's trying to say, but the way he's phrased it, neither Jesus nor Marx required beard growth, I think, is part of their, uh, mm. I don't think they were asking that of people.
0: I
1: don't think they were, no.
0: No. But most importantly of all, Sinclair was working with Ryan to take down Lamb. Sinclair and Ryan were chatting and was like, hey, I think she might be a unionist. He's like, yeah. And Sinclair was like, right, I know Stanley. I'm friends with him. I'm going to hire him to go undercover and tell me what he learns. So... Interesting.
2: interesting. So, Got
1: undercover agents scoping out the undercover agents. Thing.
2: So just yeah. all of these people are just scum. They're all from, just, from, just from 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 lamb to these capitalists. They're all just scum. well, it's Rapture
0: in it. You don't yeah. come here for likable no, characters. You come here for interesting characters. Yeah. So um, what one more then? So so in fact, uh, Sinclair's biggest investment seemed to be the poor people of Rapture, and this is what I mean when I say he's an Ayn Rand hero. Sinclair's selfish, but Sinclair. Sinclair's intentions aren't aren't to help people, but he almost inadvertently does through his actions. So, in a gift shop at the amusement park, we find a recording by a guy called Silas Bantam, the D de- who owned the gift shop, that details a business arrangement he made with Sinclair. Quote: Today I met this straight shooter, Naymar Sinclair, and he laid a sweet deal on me. Said he's got some hard luck folks down in Papa's Drop who can whip up this gift shop junk at half the cost if I used to pay. Yeah, I've had to pick a needle or two out of the shipments, but all in all, nobody's the wiser and I'm all the richer. What does that mean? So Sinclair quite literally used to, he, 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 he gave work to people. As in, he was like, there's some poor people in Popper's Drop. I will buy the stuff off you. And
2: I will give it to them. So I'm going to, I'll them. exploit the cheap labour of the people who, yes. who we can afford to pay less. And thus, we will all make more money.
0: Yes, absolutely. He was exploiting cheap labour. This is, again, I'm not defending Sinclair here, right? Yeah. Bad bloke. But the point almost is that in a world like Rapture, these were people that had nothing. And he gave them something. Is why he's an Iran hero, right? He's, he's a heroic figure in her philosophy.
1: Okay, the main part I was asking was the bit about the needles. <laughs>
0: As in he had to pick some needles out of some of the, 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 the stuff they were making for him. There was stuff was getting involved in there because they just weren't made very well. Because, oh, I see, yeah, exactly. these weren't highly skilled, high-paid labor workers. I see. Um, but yeah, but he did other stuff that's actually a bit more obvious about, like, how he did a little bit of good in Rapture. Just not for, not to help people, but to help himself. So Sinclair knows all about us. He knows all about Delta. He's like, you're a rare old model, son. Alpha series, I believe. Now, Rapture is full of scientific wonderments just like you, and if we sell them to the world at my price, well, curing your condition ought to be a cakewalk. So he wants to get out of here just as badly as we do, but the idea is he wants to take a bunch of Rapture scientific breakthroughs and sell them on the surface.
2: That's all he wants. He
0: just wants to take all the Rapture's. So, get ha- and get so has
2: home. he been down here on his own for like eight years since, perhaps, since, since, since the, the beginning. fall? Yes. But since the fall, he's just been down here. Yeah, he
0: can't leave. Lamb won't let anyone leave. She has locked down the bathyspheres. Right, right. She's got torpedoes. Right, right. But we find audio logs of people that try to escape in like submarines, and sh- she has torpedoes and missiles and cultists that just like blast them out the ocean. Nobody is allowed to leave Rapture. Same idea as what Ryan did, uh, which is just pretty standard Bioshock fare. No one can leave. Otherwise, you'd have the FBI walking around in here, like yeah. you know, um, sorting stuff out. But he wants
2: to escape. That's why he's working with us. Uh, can I just sorry to interrupt. Can I just ask a, a world question? Yes. Because um, I remember very clearly the the stark. I won't talk much about it, but the stark difference between um, Infinite's world and how how lived in and populated it feels compared to Rapture when we find it. Given that this is a kind of new version of society here, no. do we come across populous areas or or, no. or
0: everything splicers everywhere?
2: Still, still gone to hell. Still. Gone um,
0: is this
1: assumed to be the same Splicers, or is Lamb brought people down here? No,
0: these are the same Splicers. They are worse. Um, like, like, as in, they have rotted more. Um, they are more monstrous. They can still talk and stuff, um, but whenever you come across them, they will just be, like, reciting bits of Lamb's book or, or hunting for Adam. Um, they're, yeah, they, they, they know what Lamb's cult is. They believe in her philosophy, but they don't understand it because their minds have melted. So, listener, you won't notice this, but we did just take a quick break and uh, Chase is now in their PJs. You feeling comfy, Chase?
1: I'm very comfy. I've got my got my big orange blanket. Uh, thank you, Nubus for provide, providing the blanket. Yes.
2: A cosy night in. We're, 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 it's winter here in Scotland now. We need to uh, draw the curtains. Hot chocolate. Hot chocolate, mulled adult juice and, uh, and seasonal affective disorder. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but no, we're all happy. Aren't so, we all sad? We're in Ryan
0: Amusement still. Um, and down here, we find a few more audio logs that will tell you a bit more about Sophia Lamb, um, And explains a bit more about her background. So here's the first art by Grief Green. Ooh! In ethical psychiatry. Classy lady. Yes, very classy lady. I like lady. her uh, claws Oh yeah, yeah, she's very well put together, very well kemped, Sophia Lam. Um, she's, she's not been splicing.
1: I think that everyone should get their nails done as claws. Almonds? Nah. Claws.
0: I don't know what almonds are. Uh, Almond is a shape of nail.
1: Oh, well, there you go. It's kind of de- elongated but still curvy at the end. And that was Fun Nail Facts with Chase. Fun Nail yeah. Facts <laughs> with Chase. Absolutely. And that, that forms Go get
2: your nails done. Be cute. Forms most of the backbone of the sort of philosophy you're coming from isn't that, that what you were almond saying? nails. I don't know what the fuck I was saying yeah. I have no clue where you were going with yeah. Yeah.
0: in ethical psychiatry Lamb says we must but then there's the sound of like the log malfunctioning as if something was recorded over Lamb's original tape Eleanor's voice sounds out instead Eleanor Lamb speaking, she says, (laughs) mocking the tone of Sophia's voice. Mum says, I'm not to play with the other children because they're, quote, being raised on a diet of dog eat dog. I wanted to see these dog eaters, so I waited until mum was gone and went out to find one. And guess what? The dog eaters wear human skins that make them look just like us.
2: (laughs) Oh, bless. She's so young.
0: Here's the second by a man called Mike Novak who had a therapy session with Dr. Lamb.
1: I'd also like to point out, in ethical psychiatry... That's her whole... I want, to know that, I want to know what her unethical psychiatry is. Uh, yeah, good
2: or what she considers
0: to be ethical. Yeah. So, uh, Mike Novak, who had a therapy session with Dr. Lamb, and his audio log says, Third session today with this amazing limey shrink, Dr. Sophia Lamb. She said that all Ryan's horse shit about always looking out for number one is turning us little guys against each other. And what we need is unity, solidarity. Then she held up a mirror. Turns out, I wear my hair and mustache just like Ryan. So today, I'm spreading the word about Lamb, and tonight, I'm shaving my whole stupid head. So she was ter- she was using her therapy sessions to turn people against Andrew Ryan. Finally, yes. how man. very opposed to what
1: she was meant to be using for.
0: Finally, here's the third that records a public debate held between Sophia Lamb and Andrew Ryan round about 1956. Wow! So she, mm. she was allowed to. Carry on. It was all like free speech. You could say what you want, but like shut her down, shut her down, shut her down sort of idea. What, what bas- basically what happened was that Ryan noticed that Lamb was turning people against him. And he was like, the only way to, like, I can't solve her with the undercover shit. The only way to fix this is by exposing her philosophy publicly. Mm. So he agreed. Lamb challenged him publicly to a debate and he went, fine. And they, they had a few of these. Um, but here's one. Religious rights doctor, Ryan says into a microphone. You are free to kneel before whatever tribal fetish you favour in the comfort of your own home. But in rapture, liberty is our only law. A man's only duty is to himself. To imply otherwise, therefore, is criminal. The crowd murmur, tense. We can hear some agreeing with them in the background. And Sophia Lam sighs and she says, Ah, it's like so dramatic. She's so extra. Uh, what's the phrase? you use? She is the drama. Yeah. <laughs> ah, ask yourself, Andrew. What is your great chain of progress, but a faith? The chain is a symbol for an irrational force, guiding us towards ascension, no less mystic than the crucifixes you seize and burn." The crowd cheer at Lamb's words. Her supporters seem to overwhelm Andrew Ryan's. Anyway, we finish up with Ryan amusements, melt the ice, get back to the train, and Augustus Sinclair finally graces us with his presence, like, in person. Why
1: are they always behind glass? Uh, so you can't
0: shoot them <laughs> in gameplay, basically. Just, just a, a narrative yeah, device. He's, yeah, it's yeah. very noticeable here. Um,
1: so yeah, they were like this last game too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Except for like, the one time that Tenenbaum appeared on like a balcony.
0: Yes, yes, when uh, Control was ripped away from Jack so he couldn't do anything there. Um, so yeah, he, he appears and he's smoking and he goes, I like to look a man in the eye when I give him my word. You and me, kid, we're going places. We power along on the train together. But once we reach the next station, Poppers Drop, Lamb announces that she's put the railway on lockdown. We're going to need to work our way in to manually override it. Sinclair is like, This is a goddamn city-wide lockdown. You'll need to get the security override key from the local governor, Grace Holloway. I used to own a hotel down here, the Sinclair Deluxe. She kicked me out and was holed up there. Find her and get that key. So part four, Poppers Drop. Popper's Drop was where the poor and destitute of Rapture eked out a living. It's a shanty town. The homeless, the sick, and the unemployed who weren't taken into Atlas's army were stuck down here. Augustus Sinclair created his hotel down here to house anyone who worked for him, which meant the only people employed in Popper's Drop really were the ones who worked for Sinclair. So he did provide social housing, but only to his employees. Great. Yeah. So again, sort of exactly what we were talking about
2: before. Any, any, any they get housing, but they have to work for him. Any, any tangible benefit to other people is only uh, uh, if it's profitable for him. Yes. Uh, and again, I'm Rand Hero. He's exactly. It's,
0: it's he is selfish in himself, but these people do get houses. Again, there's it's not a philosophy I stick by at all. You know, it's it's clearly not a good moral no, code. It's, but it's, bad. it's yeah, interesting but. to see that again. He is like. The best of the bad bunch isn't even fair, but, like, that's the closest I would say. Everyone sucks. Sinclair also sucks, but less.
1: I mainly... How did enough people who were f- stupidly rich when they came down here lose it all to the point that you were able to fill an entire district with poor people Well, I easily? think there's a
2: few answers. I think, like, society doesn't work. It doesn't work out in the first game. Everything is wrong. Nothing, nothing works. There's no structure. Um, people gamble away their money in this world, but also, like, people don't have a social safety net at all and also like there was a class of people brought into work wasn't there like a a, a, a working yeah. class think of the
0: dock workers that didn't join up with atlas's army think about people that just got sick people who got in, injured on the job it's it's you know it's 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 society's throwaways it's the people that aren't looked after by a welfare there's state no, but yeah should. there's
2: no yeah there's no socialized healthcare or or housing
0: if you there wasn't even charity down here. Remember, the only charity was Fontaine's home for uh, for home for little girls, and that ended up being a little sister factory. So, yeah, um, just this is what happened to the poor, destitute, the disabled, etc. So down here, Sophia Lamb opened up a free clinic where she held therapy sessions that were basically her opportunity to sow seeds of dissent among rapturous citizens like on the down low. It was down here that her movement started, with members of her cult wearing blue butterfly pins to signal to each other that they were part of Lamb's team. So it was like a secret symbol, basically. All of this was overseen by Grace. Holloway, Sophia Lamb's chief lieutenant and the self-proclaimed mayor of Pauper's Drop. And of course, she gives us the call to introduce herself. I remember you, monster, she says. You stole Eleanor from me, twisted that baby girl into a thing so sick it can't even die. Now you come swanning into my neighbourhood looking for me? Wrong turn, Tin Daddy. And that's what she calls us, Tin Daddy. Tin Daddy! Wrong turn, Tin Daddy. When we hang you from a streetlight and you're choking out your last, I want you to remember my face. So Grace was a singer at a local club called the Limbo Room. But as a black woman in the 1950s with very little wealth, she always felt like she didn't necessarily fit in with the people of Rapture. Again, how did she get down here? If she had very little money, how did she get down here? Oh, well, uh, brought down here for work. <laughs> but bear in mind that he, they brought poor people in to do odd jobs, to do all sorts. She was a singer. So maybe maybe Andrew Ryan just liked her voice. Maybe she was hired by Sandra Cohen and then lost her work. We don't know but she was brought down as an artist essentially and as a singer. I feel like the first game mm. made it seem like the only
1: common folk down here were
0: the fishermen. Uh the first game definitely did seem that. This is additions which sure. I think
1: is why I'm, I'm feeling very confused here is mm. it just feels like they've something gone oh no there's all sorts of people down here. It wasn't just Ryan's chosen.
0: Yeah. I mean the just... first
1: game just made it seem like it was Ryan's chosen and that was it
0: uh yeah yeah um i I don't have any more information for you um
1: because like even like the plumbers was like the world's best plumber
0: oh like yeah yeah bill bill mcdonald the engine the chief engineer who was a plumber yeah yeah. it felt
1: like even like the generic blue collar Mm -hmm. workers were still like the
0: most white collar of blue collar workers well great grace was a beautiful singer and it's worth me acknowledging like she's not just like a nut like a nothing singer she's she has a beautiful voice i'm not saying she's not not, but any of the
1: any of like the performers from the first game were behemothly rich, the singers, the
0: actors. The they artists. were they were behemothly rich. Sort of. They were looked after by Sander Cohen. Remember, because when we get there, we have to kill his apprentices because they've started to revolt against him, and he's like, mm. "Screw him! Like I'm, I'm throwing them out in the street." Maybe Grace did that. We don't learn. We don't know. Um, but the the assumption is that Grace was an artist thrown away by Rapture, basically. And mm-hmm. um, so she worked in the limbo room. Uh, she sang um, and. When her boyfriend, James, tried to lead a mini-revolution against Andrew Ryan and then disappeared without a trace, she became quite disillusioned with Rapture. And not sure where to turn, she fell into Lamb's cult almost immediately after attending a couple of free therapy sessions. She adores Sophia Lam. Like, would do anything for her, and she's arguably the one person in Rapture that Sophia truly trusts. Enough to even let her raise Eleanor. Quote, I know it's wrong to feel so fine right now, Grace says, but I can't seem to quit this grin. Dr. Lamb came to tell me that Ryan's finally going to lock her up. It's going to gut the believers, and I should feel the same, but Sophia remembered that I... that I was barren, and she asked me to take care of her baby while she's gone. Baby Eleanor Lamb. Gorgeous, clever little girl. I have a child now, and it's going to put the whole world right. Interesting. So, but most notably, Sophia came and told Grace, Ryan is finally going to lock her up. So
2: Sophia knew. She knew that day was coming. So at this point, Eleanor was a regular child. Regular little girl, just Lamb's daughter. Yeah. It's it's funny because you... you, We never learn who the dad is. Much more than um, a lot of the villains or side characters in the first game, I feel a lot of sympathy towards Grace. Um, At this point, I'm sure it'll be revealed that um she's done monstrous things in service of the cult but you know uh it's just a shame because it is a you, you know you can look at the philosophy the first one and go ah well you know it was rich uh idiots and libertarians who didn't want to pay taxes who were shipped down here and it all blew up and you know you can feel bad for them for being misguided but this is a philosophy specifically with its roots mm. in in uh, uh collectivism between poor people uh, and those, these are the people who will be the grassroots for this, and who will be misled.
0: Well, um, the the parallel with Jim Jones is interesting because yeah. Jim Jones, the, his his
2: cult was primarily made up of people of color. Well, Jim so- Jim Jones was famously at the time he was lauded for. And a lot of it's been kind of recontextualized in recent years by, by sort of biographers. But Jim Jones was, um, yeah, he was one of the first people to speak out or one of the first white people to speak out public about integrated churches and, and famously let anyone into his congregation. But, and of course, that was part of his exploitation tactic. And, yeah. and murdered them all. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah.
0: Um, So yeah. So anyway, um, we, we so she, she looked after Eleanor when Sophia went to jail. When we break into Sinclair's hotel and start heading up to her, Grace's hot hatred of Delta comes back again and again. Blood divides this monster, she says. It's blood that makes us strangers. But thanks to Dr. Lamb, soon we'll all be family. One people, one cause. You can stop this heart beating in this old body, but you can't bleed the family. And as for you, Tin Daddy, you're dying alone. You feel no guilt. You feel no pain. You
2: feel nothing. Mm. So she says that over the tannoy. It does sound a bit like a, some sort of song from the 50s. Like a sort of, some sort of jive. does oh, it? Oh, tin daddy.
1: Any additions to Rapture mm. would have had to be approved and built by Ryan,
0: right? Uh, no. No. How would people have built more it's free, Rapture? It's, it's free, free market. Free market. He was like, do whatever you want. Do whatever you want. Did anybody... Ver-
1: Ryan have the technology to build Rapture Uh, architecture? People could like hire, hire workers, you know, people on payroll. I'm mainly just trying to figure out how essentially a slums got built. In Rapture.
0: <laughs> oh, well, the majority the of it, place. the majority of it is, um, so, fair enough, actually. So, so I don't remember exactly what it was, but Pauper's Drop wasn't built as a slum. It was built as something else. Like we see a diner in this picture, for example. It was just built as like a housing district, I think. And it just fell to ruin. It was flats and apartments
2: and things like that. Just wait till, and I know you, I know you already know the setting for Infinite, but I'm just imagine you going, No! No, this isn't underwater. This is the opposite of underwater.
1: Where is Ryan? Yeah.
2: This isn't even ground.
1: No, I'm 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 already seeing what you're meaning by how none of this works on the bones of But I don't think that it's because I I feel like I don't want to color your impression by saying No no no. no. That. I I think that my main issue, which I don't think is your issue, is that they went about it the wrong way. I think that it should have been especially if she was debating Ryan, is the entire thing should have been a comparison like a comparative commentary 100% I think instead of yeah. it currently just feels weirdly overlaid
0: I personally would have found and it's a little contrived but I would have no issues at all with I, I, I don't know set this 10 years later and just say that somebody got out from Rapture got out was like oh I understand objectivism got out and started with their own utopia I don't know a thousand miles away i like I, a bit contrived setup but give me my own city don't build it on rapture Wait. i still i
2: i i still disagree with both of you i still don't see why this doesn't work as a as a valid critique sure if we're talking about on a level playing field philosophy versus philosophy mm. you can say that it's 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 weighted one way but i am still to see how this can't can't work as a, a, a as a really valid look at uh, uh, well, it isn't you know, working right now. Everyone's running oh, around rabbits. I'm, I'm not as if, as in how the discussion can't work. I understand that this oh, isn't working um, I, on, a, on yeah. a, a real world level. But
0: I think in a, as a spiritual philosophy, and we're going to get to it, and I won't spoil anything because we're about to come up for my first interesting thing I'm looking forward to here. As a spiritual philosophy, looking at the concept of the self and, and what is the self and what, like, does Delta have a self? Does a little sister have a self? All these sort of concepts. I think it's fascinating like that, and I think it, it pulls that off tenfold. But as a political philosophy and a political ex- examining of it, it's undermined by it being built in the bones of objectivism. Mm-hmm. Saying that this here's this other opposite philosophy that rises from the ashes of this other thing. I think it's just, it it's annoying that they didn't just do, here's collectivism. And then they, they, they looked at the problems in collectivism. Because every problem with Lamb's philosophy, almost every problem with Lamb's philosophy can be traced back to, yeah, but you know, Plasmids, Andrew Ryan, Rapture—in it, all the objectivist stuff is at fault for what's yeah. going wrong. But can you me.
2: see collectivism and socialism to two separate things? They're making sure to say, as anything yes. yep. as anything, but in real-world terms, a response to the failings of capitalism. I don't think you have to look at it that. In a real-world sense, they—they—that's that's where they tend to come from. But not
0: when not when everything's on fire and like not when disaster capitalism leads to literal end of world, end of days disaster, and that's what Rapture is.
2: Yeah, but this philosophy was already, this, this this descent was already brewing before the end of Rapture, long years before the mm-hmm. end of Rapture. So, yeah, I'm curious to see how it plays out.
0: So, regardless, we find Grace. Grace is locked inside a panic room within her apartment. So, we get a moment to drink in the home that Eleanor Lamb was raised in for two full years. A fresh pink room full of toys and books shows us just how deeply Grace cared for her adopted daughter. Eleanor gave Grace purpose. Audio log, And she says, Empty house. Only an echo to my name. Eleanor, baby, where are you? I turned to my back and someone took you. It happened so quickly. I'm not even a half mama to you, girl. I couldn't even protect you. So someone took Eleanor from when Grace was caring for her. Well, well was, she, she thinks uh, so so. It's it's really that it That's what Grace seems to think. In the panic room...
1: The main I want to know right now is who seemingly genetically bonded them.
0: In the panic room, <laughs> we confront Grace. She's old, absolutely smoking a cigarette and waiting for us. In a couple of minutes, this door is about to open, but we're looking at her through glass. I know what you're here for, she says, opening the door and passing us the override key. She just gives it to us. Dr. Lamb trusted me with her child and I, I tried, but baby Eleanor disappeared. And then one day, I see her walking with you, looking wrong. And when I tried to hold her, you knocked me down, broke my jaw. So I'm ready, baby snatcher. Come on in and finish the job. Sinclair gives the quick ring on the comms and it's like, It's your call, friend. A beat. And then almost sadly he says, Gracie's unarmed, for what it's worth. So Bioshock 2, just like Bioshock 1, also offers up choices to the player. And this time, I'm going to let you make these choices. <sighs> I'm going to tell you right up, straight from the bat, this is going to influence stuff. I have alternate scenes, just like we did Quantum Break, um, depending on what you choose. So, quite simply, I need you to decide, do we kill Grace or do we leave? I don't want to... I just want
2: to leave. To me, at this point, yes, she's part of a spooky cult that we don't yet know that much about. She's not done anything particularly wrong. I feel like,
1: in terms of the cult, seemingly her only job was raise child. Mm. I feel like she's done nothing against us, against anything... Granted, I do feel like killing her oh, may lead to some more interesting scenes. Oh, and, and
2: I think this decision will go terribly for us. But I think, on a moral level, right now, I wouldn't kill this woman if I no, was there. No. I, I am going to ask you not to think as chaos goblins and take
0: these choices seriously. Because uh, are, are we not? No, no, no. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just p- planting that seed now because goblins. these, cho- this is, this isn't an easy choice, etc. Right? But the choices will become very complicated
2: by the time we get to the end. To me, this you is. Know, the, to oh, me, perfect. this is pretty clear. I don't, I don't think. Yeah.
1: We're, no. I, I see. I see no reason to kill her. I mean, I I feel like about the only one that you could come up with as a reason is she seemingly wants us to, now that she's lost her order, but... She,
0: she does did. tell you to come in and finish the job. She does. Uh, I, but I don't want to. No. Cool, totally fair. Then we're gonna go with "Don't Kill Grace." Can I fault her for being a good mum? So Delta turns around, takes the override key, and he marches down the hallway. We've grown so much.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. And,
2: and, and, and obviously, we've raised the idea of you know, almost does Delta have a soul? Is Delta just running on programming? But we get clear mm. choices here within the game, and I wonder because God knows we've had our problems with choices in games before, um, and the kind of ludonarrative and what what that means with
0: I think the way this game handles its choices is probably one of my favourite, one of, if not my favourite way of handling choices ever.
1: Oh, they actually did it right this time. I think
0: it's really, it's really good. Interesting.
1: Um, so I will I'll say be that picking, we also... I'll be picking your brains over dinner for which choices we make. Well,
0: so, so fans uh, who, who know this game, when we get to the point where choices will have consequences, might be a little bit like, uh, that's not exactly how it turns out. It's because... Uh, I am taking one choice away from you, which is harvest little sisters or don't harvest them. You get that choice too. Uh, so Delta takes the override key, turns around, and marches silently down the hallway. And as he goes, we hear Grace shout after us: "To hell with you, then! Go on!" And then she pauses, and then she and she says, "No monster does what you're doing. A thinking man does, though. I don't know what to call you now. I need to put a few questions to Doctor Lamb. I mean, we seem we seem special. Sinclair then calls us up in the comms and is like. You're a bigger man than I am, Chief. Maybe next time she'll think twice about Point of Fingers before all facts are in. I'm
1: just waiting Let's for fucking way. Fontaine to somehow raise from the dead.
0: No. Fontaine dead. Ryan dead. Guaranteed. Not, that's not, I'm not building you up for some twist.
1: I think there's a twist. No. I, there's a twist. Because the only thing I know about the early big daddies before Ryan took him over is that Fontaine made them. Mm-hmm. So I think that Fontaine
0: made us. And I know that Fontaine made little sisters. We get another, um, so while we're down here, we get another audio log by our old pal, Mark Meltzer. I did say we keep oh, checking on him. he's documenting his adventures. So, and Good he says... Dad of the year. This lamb woman's powers of manipulation are almost scary. Her people are using the girls from the surface to gather Adam from lamb's followers. It's in the blood, and eventually they give themselves over, like dying is an honor. I'd almost feel sorry for them if they didn't have my daughter. I'm going to find <laughs> lamb and take Cindy back one way or another.
1: I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you, get you, get you, get you. <laughs>
0: Part five, Siren Alley. So we cruise through the depths alone on the train. Sinclair went on
2: ahead to secure the station in Siren Alley. There is nothing better than getting a train carriage to wait. yourself, is there? That's just... Wait, wait, wait,
1: wait, wait. So Sinclair was able to get to the next station without the train. So why'd we take the train?
0: Yeah. But, you know, video game bullshit I don't know but he's not on the train with us he's gone on ahead
1: um, so probably because he's sus and has secret tunnels
0: so we're on the train on our own Sinclair went ahead to secure the station in Siren Alley for us our next level but of course this is Bioshock things are never that simple the radio crackles into life and the thick voice of Father Simon Wales rings out Oh, yeah hear me he says Oh, that voice is thick hear me oh ye who would murder the Lamb of the God Ye shall never reach her garden. Through the gloom, we see an object flow closer and closer. Oh, is it like
1: her personal religious no.
0: pastor? And it isn't until it's too late that we can tell what it is. A missile. Simon, oh, Simon Wales <laughs> is firing rockets at us. That priest lobbing missiles. The missile connects, the train explodes, and Delta is thrown back out into the ocean. For God's sake. Everything goes black. Kid, Sinclair barks into our radio. Come on, wake up now. There you are. I thought you rode that torpedo into the great hereafter. I'm in Dionysus Park now. Train cars are shambles. You'll need to get here on foot. That means pumping through Siren Alley. So walk through the depths of the domain of Father Simon Wales, Siren Alley. Lamb calls us. Today, Delta, she says, you meet a man who has no fear of death. And for Eleanor, he would burn with a smile. So Simon Wales is the priest at the front of Sophia's cult. He's taken her psychiatry papers and her research and transformed them into Rapture's very own Bible. The Word of the Lamb. As for Siren Alley, it's worn many faces. It fir- at first, it was the district owned by the Wales brothers, Simon and Daniel, who were once the chief architects of the city. Then, as time went on and their services were needed less and less, they ran out of money, so it was converted into Rapture's red light district. <laughs> Buildings were rented out to pimps, and then, so, and it, it wasn't like positive sex work. This it was exploitation, as you can imagine. I retract the ooh. <laughs> <laughs> then Simon Wales converted. <laughs> ooh. <laughs> then Simon Wales converted to Lamb's philosophy of unity and collectivism and started hosting super secret sermons down here. Sneaky, sneaky. But interestingly, Lamb doesn't love what Simon Wales teaches. He's a useful tool, but she doesn't prescribe to his religious fanaticism. She's not religious, yeah. especially because he's taken her research and added quite a bit of myth and storytelling to it. Yeah. Stories that revolve around one man. In Siren Alley, we find paintings depicting the plane crash at the start of Bioshock I'm 1. sorry, what? Uh... The moment when Jack with his chain tattoos, injected himself with his first plasmid. Um, but mainly it shows as like this is the biggest painting for some reason. His confrontation with Dr. J Steinman, the the moment when he has the, you know, what can I do with this one Aphrodite? She won't stay still. And you got the three women up on like crucifix boards and he, yeah, he yeah, killed her. Yeah, yeah. This is a, there's a painting of this down here. This is part of this religion, this story. So, these are just the ones we can find, but the implication is that Wales and the family, uh, the the family, the, the cult of the Lamb, worship Jack as some sort of martyr who killed the false father, Andrew Ryan. Mm. But what exactly does Simon Wales believe? Well, we find some of his ser- sermons. And this is Father oh, Simon Jesus. Wales.
1: He, he is
0: spliced yeah. within like an inch of himself. The angelic, uh, I'm assuming Eleanor. That is Eleanor, a painting of Eleanor in the background looking it has very the angelic. The blue butterflies. Which the is, blue butterflies.
1: Uh, what's her name's
0: thing? Name? Yes, it's Sophia Lamb's uh, symbol. So, Audiologue 1 by Simon Wales, where he says We believe in the daughter of the Lamb, hallowed Saviour and anointed vessel, whose blood with our blood, sin with our sin, mind with our minds, life with our life, lifts us up from the depths, transcends base temptation, and delivers us all from ego. We commend ourselves to the new and unknown, born by our common strength, and guided by the Lamb. Audiologi. <laughs> Andrew Ryan left us wandering confused and alone among yesterday's wreckage. But Sophia Lamb shows us that we are not alone. We are together as a family. So when you see a man brought to his knees, recognize that he is your brother and pull him up. Sophia Lamb teaches us what is in common is good. What is irreducible is right. She guides us all to the indivisible along a river of Adam. Rapture's daughter Eleanor shall be our vessel. In her we shall be reborn. And then a final audiologue by him that isn't a sermon, but a private moment for Simon Wales next to one of the pictures of Jack. "'Lord, what more do ye wish of me? Your wretch of a servant waits for word. I have followed the letter of the Holy Mother Lamb, though she will not tell me of the day of your return.' I watched as ye smote down the false father, Andrew Ryan, who tempted us away from your radiant gaze. But ye would not speak to me, Lord. I have built for ye this great temple, and gathered your flock, yet still you are silent. Will ye not strike me, poor brother blind, so he may at last behold your glory, as was done to Paul on the road to Damascus? I am alone, Lord, alone, and waiting for a sign. So, that's what he believed. Not gonna
1: lie. Mm. I struggled to comprehend
0: sorry okay long long story short he worships jack he's waiting for jack to come back to ryan and uh, back to rapture sophia lamb has not told him when he's returning but she's been like kind of feeding him false promise like one day one day your savior your your, your man will come yeah sure uh-huh. um particularly what's is interesting is where when he says eleanor guides us all to the indivisible along a river of adam
1: she, I don't know what that means.
0: Um, so, so, well, don't worry too much about it. But okay. the, the note is that Eleanor shall be our vessel. In her, we shall be reborn. I'm not going to tell you much more about what that means. We just, just remember, turn that. into a boat, flesh boated Eleanor. <laughs> <laughs> Getting the Eleanor sub. So Sophia had other ideas. Uh, Wales was all about religion and blind faith, but Sophia is a woman of science. So she believes that selfishness has to be eradicated from us genetically if we are to achieve a perfect world. Seems like
2: a great idea. Yeah. yeah. i feeling a bit... Uh, like,
0: biologically removed from... i
1: feeling a bit Doctor What's-His-Name from the last... from Red Dead 1.
0: Oh, the eugenicist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what was his name? McDougal. Yeah,
2: Haydnish yeah. McDougal.
0: So, yes, um, and you'll find on walls as part of the... Gra- I don't have pictures here, but on the part of the graffiti, some of the graffiti we read is like, reject the tyrant gene which is the selfish gene, is kind of how she, she looks at it. That's the point, right? So Sophia Lamb believes that genetically, if we're to achieve a perfect world, we have to genetically eradicate selfishness. How do you do that? Mm. But that belief isn't just blind like Simon Wales. Her belief there is based on psychology and science. Quote, Rapture, the keenest minds in the world, united under the ocean, yet somehow expected to subscribe to the same model of self-interest? Ryan could be staggeringly naive. As individuals, no matter how brilliant, each was a prisoner to his or her own ego. A sea of dreams in constant flux. But in Adam, their genes remain, ready to be tested against a moral vessel. Utopia cannot precede the utopian. It will exist the moment we are fit to occupy it. Mm. That is key. Key, 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 that... So she's like, there's a bunch of brilliant people down here who could form, like, the perfect person. But, like, they're all a bunch of selfish pricks. And we can't build a utopia with a bunch of selfish pricks, so how are we going to build a utopia? We need to make a utopian. Mark Meltzer, in The Hunt for His Daughter, speaks a little more plainly and tells us what he's learned.
1: Can yes. I ask one question before we go on? Yeah. Just because I'm i i am realizing in this picture mm. of Eleanor as the like Yeah. It's specifically little yeah. sister Eleanor. Yeah. Does Lamb not have an issue with the fact they turned somebody seemingly turned Eleanor into a little sister Is that like, not actually, no
2: comment no comment I'm going to assume it's Lamb doing it right because I mean there's the kids are kids are going missing from around the world who else but Lamb could be taking them
1: but it, but Eleanor has been a little sister for over 10 years also you said Eleanor be, was yeah. a little sister before the fall of rapture
0: yes and Eleanor was specifically Eleanor was taken from Grace while Sophia was in prison remember uh.
1: No. So, El, like, Eleanor was a little sister at the time that oh, all the other little sisters was there. Hmm. So I'm like, does does Lamb does, does that not make an effect on Lamb's plans? You will find
0: out exactly how Lamb feels about Eleanor being a little sister, but I'm not telling anything right now. Okay, cool. Because okay. Uh, it's, it's good you learn sort of it later.
1: Out.
0: Yeah, great question. Really good question. Um, I forget how good you are with Bioshock stuff.
1: Teehee.
0: <laughs> like you really think about it, and I love you for that. You're welcome. Anyway. Um, Mark Meltzer, in The Hunt for His Daughter, speaks a little more plainly and tells us what he's learned. So Mark says, "Lamb's followers are blinded by her promises, but it's clear that this religion she's cooked up is an elaborate front for some insane science experiment. She's twisting these girls into into slaves, bringing Adam back to Lamb's science facility in somewhere called Fontaine Futuristics. I gotta find it. I've heard the splicers mumbling that a guy called Gil Alexander is the ferryman. Want to hear what our old pal Frank Fontaine thinks about Sophia Latin. Yeah. Because well, obviously they were enraptured at the same time. Yeah, of so for his death. Miss miss you Frank. So he goes <laughs> So this is Frank Fontaine, not Atlas, recording this audio log. So this is during his his
2: Fontaine days.
1: Can we have it in an Irish accent anyway? No, I'm going to try and do my Fontaine again. This is when
2: he's doing budget dentistry, right? Sort of like budget healthcare and Uh, like... Yeah, yeah. this is when he ran... I forgot
0: that was what he did. This is during his time when he was the second richest man in Rapture. He was running the smuggling operation and he was working with Tenenbaum and Suchong to create the plasmids in the early days before Ryan bought it and took it over. I remember all that. It
1: was that fucking dentistry I forgot about?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you had a dentistry as well, because why not? Um, So... He says... This Lamb twist went after Ryan all cockeyed. Sol- solidarity angle was smart at first. Poor houses and bread lines. High grey bunco. Lamb's only problem is she really buys into the whole song and dance. Saving the world. <laughs> Rapture just ain't her town. Ryan's got her on ice somewhere now. And I figure that opens up the charity scam for the professionals. So Sophia Lamb was Fontaine's inspiration for creating the Little Sister Orphanages.
1: But... Lamb was like legitimately doing it for charity whereas Fontaine's like I'm doing it for a for, more
0: for, 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 Ryan yeah, to Make Little Sisters Yeah So again you can almost trace that timeline Sophia Lamb gets locked up She gives Eleanor to Grace um, And then two, Like within those two years Fontaine creates little sister orphanages and someone takes Eleanor and sticks her in one of them. She was one of the earliest little sisters. Mm. Must have been, but for that timeline to work out. So, 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 assumedly, she was turned into a little sister by... Tenenbaum, was it making them? Um, I'm not gonna tell you more, um, but that's, yeah. I'm just gonna
1: say, assuming it was then, and it's more a question of who put Eleanor in the orphanage.
0: Yes. Yeah, I'm just gonna tell you right now, yes. She was turned into a little sister the same way every other little sister was turned into a little sister. Um, Who took her from grace? Who took her from grace? That's what Frank says. And finally, here's the moment when Andrew Ryan decided to do something about Sophia Lamb. He records it on a tape. We find a recording he sent to Sinclair. So he sent this to Sinclair. Because bear in mind, the two of them were like investigating her. And he says, Sinclair, I don't care how you accomplish Lamb's removal from the public eye. Indeed, I'd rather cease contact with you altogether. But allow me to make this plain. I don't want to see Lamb on the streets again, peddling her Bolshevik fever dreams to my people. Bury her memory, Sinclair. Bury it, and salt the earth. So he told Sinclair to get rid of Lamb,
2: to lock her up somehow. They really need to stop communicating with audio logs because it just leaves it. You're so incriminating. Go for a coffee with the guy, do you know what I mean? Have paper and burn it, you know? So before we get to leave Siren Alley,
0: Father Wales comes to formally meet us in his church. He babbles and rambles about the word of the Lamb, calls Delta a beast, calls Eleanor salvation, and we gun him down where he stands. As he coughs out his last breath, Lamb calls us up again to monologue. Do you think me a tyrant, Delta, vying for control of a dead man's dream? This city is nothing. Rapture must die so that Eleanor must rise from its body. Allow me to demonstrate.
1: I'm so... Before you move Mm -hmm. on the slides, I see you moving slides. I'm really curious by... Specifically, the imagery of the blue butterfly. Mm. Like yes. we can see in the back of this boss arena, that there is a picture of what looks like a, a saint-like woman mm. with the he- with her head replaced by a blue butterfly. Yes. Um, and obviously, the blue butterflies. Well, yeah, I'm elder the blue butterflies.
2: I suppose that's very on the nose there. Where if you're talking about the the philosophy of the collective overtaking the individual, mm. this person's literally their identity is literally obscured by belief. Yes, one million percent. Yep. I yep. also would like to know why a, a lamb is take is can be arsed to phone up and leave these rambling voicemails to something that she doesn't even think is a real person. She's like, you're just a beast. You don't have any free will. Why are you bothered calling me then? <laughs>
0: That's a good point. Um, so yeah, so she's basically like, you know, Rapture has to die for, for Eleanor to, to rise from its body. Uh, let me demonstrate. Boom, she floods Siren Alley. And as we try to escape, the big si- a big sister arrives, shrieking and attacking us with gusto. We fight desperately for our life, Kill the big sister, but by the time the battle is over, it's too late. We're washed back out into the ocean, and the long journey to our next stop begins. Delta, Lamb says in our ear, I want you to commit this moment to memory. This howling, brutish slog through the dark. That is who we are. Part 6, Dionysus Park. So, reaching Dionysus Park, we hear a strange distant booming, like clanging boots on concrete. Sinclair calls us up to give us a quick history lesson, and he says, Dionysus Park was owned by Sophia Lamb, chief. Sort of a private retreat for her social experiments. One night, it flooded, killed all her guests. Papers said it was cult-related. And they sighs, and he goes, When this is all over, when we're divvying up Rapture's bounty. You and I will be holding court on a private island, son. Keep it up. This is Sinclair speaking. Sinclair speaking, our southern
2: I'm friend. Ca- I'm I'm uh, curious about the naming of the park as being Dionysus, because that doesn't sound... I was so there are a well. few.
0: there's a few historical... Di- I've noted down here, there's a few historical Dionysus. Well, I'm thinking God, the Greek god. Um, I think the one he's referring to is the tyrant of Syracuse, who led a conquest in Sicily, and I'll explain why in a second.
2: Because um, oh. Dionysus is a Greek god of...
0: Wine frivolity,
2: fertility, chiefly, and then later wine revelry. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah.
0: I don't think it's him. I think it's the tyrant of Syracuse, and I'll explain why in a second. Dionysus Park is an art gallery. In fact, it's there's a, it's other stuff too, but it's mainly an art gallery. For example, you're seeing in this picture is a carousel, but the carousel like it's interactive, but it's there as an art piece. Um In fact, we see what? that there's a collection in this gallery by a, one Mister Sander Cohen.
2: Oh, he's back, best uh, boy. What, what, sorry, what a wank use of a se- uh, carousel. I got there and someone, went, no, that's art. I'd be like, what? I want to go in the carousel. No,
0: you can go on it. It's just it's built as an art piece, as in like it was an interactive art piece. Right, what is it doing artistically? I don't, I don't know. To be honest, I don't like Dionysus Park because, from an environmental You're storytelling so, level. Yeah. I don't like it from an environmental storytelling level. And I talk about it in my critique because I think there's so many opportunities to show stuff here and it misses every single one of those opportunities. Oh. Um, for example, one of the things... Well, no, we'll get there. We'll get there. So it's an art gallery above all else. There's a collection here by Sander Cohen and a bunch of other artists, but Sander Cohen's here too, which is interesting because... Like, Sandra Cohen loved Andrew Ryan. Why is he putting stuff up in in Lamb's art gallery? That's strange. Um, But yeah, so maybe he was sympathetic to her cause because he was falling out of love with Andrew Ryan. We don't know. Or maybe maybe he just wanted to put his art places probably yeah i choose to think he just loved the opportunity to show off his work around rapture like yeah yeah so dionysus park once showed off all sorts statues murals stuffed animals but all of it has rotted away due to the flooding so we don't get to see much which is i find a major letdown how did it become unflooded oh no like well like there's grates and things to flush it all back out but it's still flooded it's pretty wrecked um it's just not all entirely underwater but we do learn that a lot of the art here was specifically critical of Ryan, rapture, capitalism, etc, etc, etc. And we do get to hear about the sort of art she showcased through the fair and unbiased words of a Mr. Andrew Ryan, who, yeah, who had a lot to say about Dionysus Park. So he says, Dionysus Park. Lamb mocks me in the naming of this place, which is why I think it's the tyrant of Syracuse. Tyrant sort of idea it's, 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 this, this place was created as a challenge to Andrew Ryan she knows precisely how I feel about this celebration of unconscious art the artist reflects the world as it ought to be not as it is damned to be by some spasm of the lower mind mm-hmm. so I actually raised this with you Chase when we talked about shot one Unconscious Art it's, this is a very like rough way to describe it but yeah. the, the example I gave was like you know don't think just let your
2: hand scribble on the paper and yeah, without, without 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 the kind painting. of purpose, or art, the artist reflects the world as it ought to be. Yes. That's a, what he wants. A painting of an apple is a painting of an apple, you know.
0: Yeah, as, as it like, but it has to be a very shiny, juicy-looking apple. Yeah, you know, good, nice, nice art that makes you feel good and is realistic. Yeah. So yeah, um, I shall not censor her. However, he says the park is Lamb's property. However, if the case we are building against her proves true. I will return with a sledgehammer.
1: How do you think that Ryan would feel about emoji art? He'd hate it. Like, if I just sent him a picture of, you know, eggplant, squirt, peach.
2: Yeah. First of all, I, I, I think you get a, a text back saying, you up. But then after <laughs> that, I, um, I wonder how he'd feel about sloth art. You know, those sloths that paint, you know. Yeah. You know, to, to think this is a man who would be against Slot's painting. Yeah. I mean, it just the picture it paints of the man is just damning. Sloth's painting. Anyway. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so Sinclair calls us up uh, as we explore, and he's like, Right, chief. Good news. I've located a train car that'll take us to Fontaine Futuristics. Bad news is the control booth's locked down, and there's someone in there already. I'll lay low while you have a gander. And like a bad smell, Stanley Poole appears. So oh, this was the him. journalist that was investigating... Wait, is, is he a
2: journalist or is he like Rupert Murdoch? Is he the head of the paper? Is he the chief, he's not chief not the editor? One. Ryan is the oh, chief editor. He, oh, so he's just a... a yeah, he's, he's one of his... Just a grunt. Yeah, he's grunt. so scrungly. He's just a little rat worm man boy.
0: That's what he is. And I hate him. Little rat um,
1: worm man boy.
0: Not to colour your opinions of him. Maybe you'll really like Stanley. Um, but he says... Well, hello, boys! The name's Stample, Rapture Tribune. Quality paper, before the locals stop reading and start finding other uses for it. Anyway, I'm looking to cut a deal, fellas. Lamb knows you're here, but I'm incognito. Thing is, little sisters are starting to nose around. they have let their Lamb's eyes and ears, see? And I can't have that. Dead men tell no tales, right? Well, wrong. See, with Adam involved, every stiff's got a story. Memories. Memories and Lamb knows how to read it. If the sisters harvest the bodies down here, and that stuff makes it back to her, I'm an obituary. Take the story of Dionysus Park, and bury it. Get rid of the little sisters for me. Do that, and I'll unlock the train for you. Scouts honor. Mm. It's a fetch quest and an escort mission all rolled into
2: one. I'm, I'm so curious to, to, again, I've raised it with Sinclair, mm. these die-hard Andrew Ryan, uh, uh, sort of, whether they believed or not, that they were his boys, do you know what I mean? Um, again, I'm not sure how much integrity or like uh, uh, uh the much of a moral compass this guy has, he might not have believed, but I'm just so curious what they've been doing for, for eight years. Have they been keeping themselves safe? Are they like, are they being hunted by the cult? Are they being, you know, he clearly wants to avoid the the, the big sisters, so. Yeah, I'm just very curious if if she's been actively sort of looking for them. Well, he
0: says that if they find out what happened to Dionysus Park, he's an obituary. So Lamb is looking for him for some reason.
1: But why does it seem like this is only a threat now and not for the past eight years?
0: Oh, I very much get the sense that all of these people have been living underground, like hidden away. Rapture's not that big, but it's big enough that you could hide. But I don't know. I mean, yeah, you could you could argue that perhaps yeah, too many alive characters are popping their heads out. Maybe that's a bit. Eh, but yeah, there wouldn't be any game was, otherwise. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which I know isn't a very good justification for. I sure.
1: refuse to suspend my disbelief. <laughs> <laughs> I need it to be realistic. <laughs>
0: So, yeah, he sends us off on a fetch quest. Basically, the idea is, um, to the backdrop of that mysterious distant metal banging we heard at the start, you find the Little Sisters, you decide if you're gonna harvest them or not. Stanley doesn't mind if we harvest the Adam, because Delta's a big hunkering machine. Lamb can't get her hands on us because we're down here. So he's- so, you know, the idea is like, oh, you know, if the Little Sisters get back to Lamb, she'll be able to read their memories and she'll know I'm here. Um, he doesn't really mind that we, if we harvest them and take those memories. He doesn't really care about us. But he we're not going to. We're not going to, no. Um, so yeah, and just in case the point hasn't been bashed in yet, Eleanor gives us a ring on the old psychic telephone and she says, Father, this Adam you've found contains memories from all the bodies here. Normally only a little sister can see them, but I can show you what Stanley's trying to hide. When Mother was taken away, Stanley was left in charge of Dionysus Park. He spent all of her money through these mad parties. It was like he was trying to ruin her. I confronted Stanley, said I'd tell Mother what he had done. He panicked, took me away from Grace Holloway, and sold me to an orphanage. I tried to fight back. I remember biting his hand, but... Father, he's the reason I was turned into a little sister. With me gone, Stanley just let Mother's followers turn into animals. When word came that she was returning, he knew they would blame him. So he found a way to silence them all. He flooded Dionysus Park, and now he's trying to cover it up. Stanley took Elmer from Grace.
2: Yeah, so Ryan presumably either instated him or just let him. Take over of Dynasty's Park in order to mess it up. So it was probably on Ryan's orders, right? Stanley has some exposition himself for us. And he goes, Subject
0: Delta's just a serial number, amigo. I know who you were before you put on a metal cage. Had to do some digging on you for a feature once. They used to call you Johnny Topside. Found the city all on your own in a diving bell. Real shame what they did to you. You were just a deep sea explorer with iron cojones, pal. The public gave you the nickname. But Ryan was sure you were a spook, so his people locked you up. Erased your damn name. Goodbye, Johnny Topside. Hello, Subject Delta. So we were once a guy called Johnny Topside. Mm -hmm. As we finish up with the Little Sisters, we find out where that distant booming is coming from. There's another Big Daddy down here. It seems enraged, but we can't tell why. Normally, the Big Daddies don't bother us unless we open fire, but this one, it's gone berserk. Putting it out of its misery, we pick up a couple of audio logs. Number one, I found her. I I found Cindy, Mark Meltzer says. But she was just standing there. She she doesn't even recognize me. What have they done to her? Uh, Listen to her. And then we hear the sound of a little sister saying, The man on the moon is a girl, Mr. Bubbles. (laughs) And it sounds warped and ethereal. If anyone hears this, I have to know how to cure her. I, a loud mechanical screech interrupts him. The sound of a big sister. No, Mark screams. We hear gunshots. Get back! She's my little girl! And it cuts off. No! Audiologue 2. Ask yourself, Mr. Meltzer, Sophia Lamb says, Uh... is it better to be summarily executed as an outsider caught within these grounds or to be united, not just with your daughter Cindy, but with the Rapture family as well? The choice is yours. I urge you to accept the Protector program." You will live by her side and remember nothing beyond your love for her. We hear Meltzer spit on the floor, like spitting blood out of his mouth.
1: Is this Big Daddy
2: Meltzer? Yeah, I think so.
0: Yes, it is. No! Meltzer spits on the floor and a beat passes. And then he says, I wasn't the first to find Rapture, you crazy bitch, and I won't be the last. You do whatever you want to me. As long as I'm with Cindy, I'm a happy man. So yeah, that this is the oh, end of Mark Meltzer. He so, found his daughter. So he's he gets to spend forever with his daughter, but Well no, because we just killed him and okay. then we I'm Mr.
1: Mark Meltzer's not important, I'm
0: just gonna Read them for flavor. Yeah, well, it is just flavor. Um, but we we uh, we do get I straight up when I first played this for the first time, I thought the twist would be that we would be marked. I that
2: that yeah. crossed my mind briefly. Yeah, uh, but no, not at all. This is just a guy. Um, so the same involved in the same program as us, linking up, mm. um, uh, big daddies with sure. little sisters, and
0: Lamb did it to him recently.
1: I'm yeah. wondering then, are all of at least maybe our model of big daddy outsiders who found. Rapture. Well, because no. now Mark and us are both.
0: Uh, at the risk of spoil, not I'm not spoiling anything, but at the risk of like shutting that down too early, no. Some of these are old big daddies. Some of them are recent big daddies. But Mark is the only outsider to come down here, except for us, for except for us, Johnny Topside. From mm-hmm. but we were Johnny Topside back in the day, you know, early 1950s. Um, but yeah. Oh, so, so he's he's a recent. Yeah. He's very recent. We're talking maybe in the last couple of days, perhaps we don't know.
1: Really. Got it. Got it. Which is probably why he's enraged because he's not been fully mindwashed or something. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, and to add insult to injury, uh, we also get the choice of harvesting or freeing Cindy. Um, Again, presumably you free Cindy.
2: Yeah.
0: We're just not harvesting the little girls, I right?
2: <laughs> Rain the chaos goblin. <laughs> uh,
0: put her in a meat locker. <laughs> Uh, We head back to Stanley Pool because we've finished our escort mission. Um, And as we reach him, Lamb takes to the speaker's classic Sophia Lamb. And she goes, Through Adam, Eleanor will become the daughter of the people, a true utopian, brilliant beyond measure, but utterly selfless. As she ascends, Delta, you and I will seem as dogs, circling and snarling amid the afterbirth. But hear me, subject Delta. I have known of Stanley's betrayal for years. I had forgiven him, but in compromising Eleanor now, he seals his fate. You see, it was Stanley who turned you in to Ryan. He is responsible for what you have become. I have opened the security booth. You may have your revenge. (sighs) And then we hear as so actually we hear that as we turn back into the room of the security booth, and we just hear Stanley from inside, all muffled, going like, "Sweet Jesus, Lamb you!" And she just let me hang myself out to. Oh, and then he like looks up and goes, "Oh God!" <laughs> as he sees us approach. Um, so Delta enters the security booth and looms over him, and Stanley goes, "No, no, no! Come on, pal. The train's ready. It's all open for you. Just, just let me live. It was nothing personal, okay? Please." And then we hear Eleanor jump in and go. Mother's not lying this time, Father. He really did it to both of us. And her voice is shaking with like rage and anger. So what do you do? Do you kill Stanley or do you not kill Stanley? You're
2: straight for killing. I'm interested in doing a pacifist run of this, but I'll ask you about that later. So I'm not going to argue with you in this one. We can kill him.
1: Yeah. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm just going go for what the morals feel in the moment.
2: Okay, what your morals saying?
1: Stuff him.
0: Snuff him. Kill him. Well, we're, we seem like we're going half and half here. Are you guys going to rock, paper, scissors there? Are you going I'm, to... I'm, I'm
2: happy to let Chase take the lead in this one. Yeah, you want to kill him? Yeah, I'll snuff
1: him. Okay. <laughs> I am, however, probing you later for what will... I happen. absolutely
2: will write. tell you. Don't worry,
0: I will. I will. Grant. Because it's really interesting to see the alternatives and stuff. That's so, fine,
1: then. Yeah, kill him.
0: Delta raises his drill high into the air and rams it through Stanley Poole, embedding him into the wall behind him. A fitting end... For I've a, a written a fitting end for a rat-faced little scroot <laughs> yeah. Bye-bye, Stanley. There are no words from Lamb or Sinclair. We just get on the train and we leave. He's dead.
1: Okay. Nobody was sad.
0: Nobody was sad. Everybody liked that. Part seven, Fontaine Futuristics.
2: Oh, Here we go, baby.
0: This is it, Chief, Sinclair says. End of the line. If I'm right, Eleanor's mama's using Adam to force all of Rapture's minds and memories into the poor girl. Lamb reckons it'll make that child a saint. So, uh, just to be clear, so because we should kind of be on the same page as this by now, but I haven't made it explicit, that is exactly what Sophia Lamb's doing. She's taking all the little sisters and stuff, they're going out to Rapture, they're taking all the Adam from all the brilliant people and just everybody who ever lived in Rapture, and they're bringing it back. And her plan basically is to like plug that into
2: Eleanor to make her the, the ultra being. Basically. Yeah. This uh, um, this vague nonsense seems like it's definitely gonna work fine yeah. if it get, if it pulls off. It's uh,
0: yeah. And bear in mind Sophia has raised Eleanor with ethical psychiatry in mind. She has raised her on a diet of collectivism, selflessness, all these things her entire mm-hmm. life. So the idea is take somebody who knows nothing but selflessness and make her a genius. And you've got a utopian. That's her plan. Fontaine Futuristics is barren, locked down. Of course it is, because Andrew Ryan bought it and stripped it for parts and moved on. Security bots absently while away the corridors, but much of it is covered in tape. Wooden boxes are stacked on top of one another with Fontaine Futuristics and Rhine Industries marked on them. Some of the boxes say seized. After Andrew Rhine took over Fontaine Futuristics, he hired this guy, Gil Alexander, to lead the Big Daddy program. Su Chong was never able to get the bonding process right under Fontaine or Ryan. Remember, he worked for Fontaine, then Ryan got futuristic, so he moved over. Um, but basically, Ryan was like, this doesn't work. Gil has been in charge of this place ever since, beyond Su Chong's death, into beyond Ryan's death, he's been here the entire time. Gil thought he knew better. He thought he could figure out the bonding process. And we hear him say, quote, Dr. Suchong's death was a nasty blow to the Protector Program, but I'm gradually settling into the role, picking up the slack that his carelessness left behind. We are gaining steam again, but I'm not satisfied. Yes, the Big Daddy defends the girl, but he is programmed only for the fight. When no aggressor is present, he regards his little sister as he might a common houseplant. We need something more, something stronger. Gil Alexander was the one who created Subject
2: Delta. I'm, I'm curious. Mm-hmm. It's not like the Big Daddies weren't working as they were before. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Why why do you need them to, like... You don't need, like, a loving bond mm-hmm. for, for what the Big Daddies are used for so far. They are just there to be big, you know, big machines. Mm-hmm. Why are you arsed with this?
1: I now also, this seems to call into question the timeline of Eleanor and Subject Delta being some of the original sisters and... In- daddy well they're
0: G- very poor did not mention this there and i should have sorry gil alexander has always been involved in this program just su chong used to lead it but he's always been involved and then su chong died or whatever and ryan made him the head honcho he's i
1: suppose been... the better thing is seemingly based on everything hmm. the bond was only successful with Austin and eleanor seemingly but seemingly then we
2: would have been at the very beginning so they had succeeded so I see, I see, I see what you're asking. So was Delta already a standard issue, Big Daddy, from early, and then was put through this program at a later date with Eleanor, because Eleanor's, you know, relatively recent in the history yes. of Rapture.
1: It, Whereas like, we is... are,
0: we are an OG. We are the OG. That's what Tenenbaum told us. We are the first ever Big Daddy. Are we?
1: Yes. I thought the first Big Daddies were.
0: Not the maintenance Big Daddies. So ignore the maintenance workers. Ignore that (laughs) concept. We are the first ever, like, genetically fused into the suit Big Daddies. Got 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 it. Got it. Got it. Got it. So, but Gil, all you need to know is Gil Alexander made us. Basically. Uh, we are the first ever He's big the daddy. Daddy Daddy? Daddy Daddy. <laughs> so the big daddy. The granddaddy. It was also him who oversaw that first bonding bonding process between <coughs> us and Eleanor, alongside Tennebaum and Su Chong. He was the third guy, the scientist lost to history, basically. Um but th- he worked for them in a sense. Um Is there a reason why he was lost to history
1: outside of no. Wasn't created for the first game.
0: No, just not created
1: for the first I game. I wish they would have come up with a reason for that, yeah. just to like even just to explain why. Yeah, honestly, it. like
0: it'd be fun if maybe like I don't know, Su Chong just like erase, right, wiped his names off of all the papers or something. It would be I fun if he yeah. that. But, uh, but no. Uh, also, it was him who, while working for Sophia Lam, took the little sisters who had grown up, grafted them into suits, and turned them into big sisters. He, so, he, is, is he still alive? Yeah, Gil Alexander is a man of many masters. He worked for Fontaine, Ryan, and now Sophia Lamb. He's worked
2: for all three. But he's obviously. currently
1: in Fontaine Futuristics. Fo- so he's presumably
2: solely he? doing it for, for for the sort of scientific progress alone. It's not tied for, to him, for to a, to a political ideology or philosophy.
0: Well.
1: Which feels very
0: bomb and Tzu Chong. So, very quickly then, audiologue to explain the big sister concept, because cool, 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 they have kind of come out of nowhere. He says... As the little sisters reach adolescence they become aggressive feral our big daddies are falling left and right the alpha series will be discontinued alpha series alpha big daddies that's fontaine's big daddies alphas okay is that us we are delta is part of the alpha series <laughs> this is why it gets but so, so complicated so, but so we are one of the ones that's being discontinued uh, yes yes we are sorry okay, yes cool. yes yeah we're just not alpha we're delta but it doesn't matter okay, um sure the mad woman Tannenbaum bit the company hand, turning some of the bonded sisters human again. Others were lost to Splicers. The trauma proved too much for the Protectors, the, the big daddies. Today, I saw one kneeling near a gatherers garden and... crying. Perhaps, perhaps the elder sisters could be trained up to replace them, but we'll run out of rapture supply soon. Then we will need to turn our attention to the surface. So this, he is the reason, him and Lam are the reason why they're taking little girls from the surface, bringing them down here. Jack cured all the little sisters, but like, he didn't manage to get them all out of rapture. Some of them are still hiding in vents. You know, mm. you didn't get all of them. Basically, the ones, that, the, the ones that were left behind were snapped up by this law and turned into big sisters. Mm. And the big thing about big sisters is they don't bond. They don't, they're just machines to kill. That's all they are. They don't bond. They don't die from being separated. He is Sophia Lamb's chief scientist now. Yes. I knew okay. I knew this one would have questions because it is so convoluted.
1: The one other question I had was, I was under the impression that a little sister
0: who stayed a little sister, like mm. wasn't reverted, couldn't grow up. The cured ones can, and this is, he says it's the cured ones, but they still run off the vents or whatever.
1: But so, so, so they get cured and then they become feral?
2: They get... This is a rough pipeline. You're going... Human to little sister to cured to big sister. Yeah, they, they like they they, they mess them up again to turn them into big sister. Well, it's,
1: it's mainly the part of. Why are they becoming feral? uh
0: uh-huh. for video game reasons.
1: Like, that's, that, that, that's the main reason why I'm currently confused, because if he's using the ones who are already down here, cured or no, like, where's the fer- where's the ferality coming in? Uh, I don't know, the
2: children just... left alone.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're just uh, left in pipes, eating rats, and just, uh, you know, they're just crazy. Um, so anyway, so uh, he's now Lamb's Sophia Lamb's chief scientist. So he worked for Fontaine, worked for Ryan, but now he is very fully devoted to the Sophia Lamb cause. Sure. But something seems to have changed about him. The front door to Fontaine Futuristics is locked off, with just an automated message by Gil Alexander to explain why. October 9th, 1967, he says. My name is Gilbert Alexander, and by the time you hear this, I will be clinically insane. Once we hack the console, we enter the atrium of Fontaine Futuristics, and inside is something odd. A security bot floats about, (laughs) zapping splicers who somehow managed to get in, and ranting at them. He's stealing office supplies, the bot shouts. Company Adam, from the company stock! And then one of the splicers goes, I'm sorry, Mr. A! And the, the robot goes, Mr. A, I am your employer boy! What is my name? And the splicer cowers and he goes, Alex! Alex the Great! (laughs) <laughs> and the security pod goes oh now it remembers too late my friend too late and then it guns him down with a machine gun bolted to the bottom and he goes dismissed fired terminated and then we catch the bot's attention
1: oh my god it has a face yeah, it
0: has a face on a little screen And so it looks at Delta, and it says, Oh-ho! Come back to line your pockets with the Fontaine ingenuity, have you? Understand, sir, that I am the body corporate! Understand, sir, that I am Alex the Great! A company is an organism. I can piss you right back out into the ocean with just a little squeeze. And then it, like, scans us, and it goes, Hmm... Delta A? You're one of our old protectors. The first protector. Oh, you're a fine product, Delta. A fine product built to last. And then he
2: flies away. <laughs> <laughs> Presumably just not seeing us as any kind of threat.
0: He's just like, oh, you're, you're part of Fontaine's... Still forever confused
1: as to why they started with Delta, but sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. Yeah. That's four, isn't it, Delta? Just call us Alpha. It's going to get yeah. uh, even more confusing later. Um, Why?
1: <laughs> you'll see. So, uh,
0: so he flies away. You're like we're not a threat. We're part of the company project. Um, I would argue. I'm just going to plant the seed now. That Alex the Great, Gil Alexander, Alex the Great, embodies uh, capitalist collectivism. How you lose your identity to the company you work for. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to plant that seed now. We're going to keep moving on. So Sinclair
1: calls us up. <laughs>
0: What's that? <laughs> it's how to Succeed in Business. <laughs> oh, is it The Company Way. Yeah, The Company we from How to Succeed in Business. Um, so uh, Sinclair calls us up. He's watched. He's seen the whole thing. He overheard on the comms or whatever. And he goes, Alex the Great, Sinclair says. Oh, hell, that's got to be let- what's left of Gil Alexander. A TV flickers into life. And another recording from the original Gil Alexander before he went clinically insane plays. And it says... By the time you hear this, I will have exposed myself to a massive dose of substance atom. I will likely have armed the facility's defense en masse. You, whoever you are, must penetrate them. And kill me, please. So we keep heading through and use a voice recording of the original Gil Alexander to get into his office. So we need to get in and we get a little voice recording of him. Um, but whenever we try to use it, Alex the Great interrupts by singing the Fontaine Futuristics jingle over the spirits. <laughs> 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 like he shows up and he's like, This Frank Fontaine! And like you're trying to like play the thing and he keeps popping up going like, Oh, Delta, you think I won't let you in? Oh, that's crazy. It's great. Um, and he goes, My likeness is company property, Delta. Don't make me strip you for parts, Milado. I know what you're up to. You're after my job aren't you? Ha! With your background, do you know what class of person we chose for the Alpha series? Criminals! Criminals, Delta! You'll be laughed out of the
2: boardroom! He's obviously... <laughs> uh, he's obviously like a ridiculous uh, um almost like parody of this kind of collective capitalism. And he's obviously a terrible person but your voice and some of these lines have made him far too lovable yeah you're you're telling of it you've done this like very lovable cartoon voice Th- it's very much how he
0: is yeah. and I think that the you saying that he's lovable he oh i I don't so think he's lovable no, I just he think it's so funny and I like I'm I'm playing up even more but like I really want to highlight that the, the game is going out of his way to nerve you by the concept of like this thing but he is so funny in the way that it is like he's annoying but in like <laughs> a it's like oh this thing away like this thing again he so yeah like
1: the guy cannot for life me remember his name but the artist guy of this he
0: th- this level is the sander cohen level yeah 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 it absolutely is that sa- he's very sander cohen and, like the charisma it's very fun but yes so so anyway so but but importantly i know i was like kind of screeching all that stuff but in, in, it's interesting because he gives he told us something interesting there which was do you know what class of person we chose for the alpha series criminals oh, yeah. now bear in <laughs> mind johnny topside not a criminal but he presumably was locked up by andrew ryan because he thought he was a spook
1: What i'm wondering is 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 would an outsider be considered a criminal under rapture law.
0: Well, basically, anybody Andrew Ryan thought was a criminal. Yeah. So that could be protesters, it could be unionists. Like <laughs> yeah. I, kind of, I, I kind of glazed over
1: that because exactly. I, feel, I feel like it was meant to be like a red
0: herring of like, oh, he did something wrong, but... No, no, that is Being that.
1: here could be mm-hmm. what he did wrong.
0: As we explore Fontaine Futuristics, we learn more about what exactly Gil Alexander has done for Sophia. So before he became Alex the Great, he was working for Sophia Lamb. In an audio log, he documents experimenting on Eleanor. And he says... Our hope was to bond a little sister to a single protector, so she had to be expendable in case of error. As we were fabricating up a father bond, we couldn't really afford to have the girl's parents asking around. So Fontaine's orphanages provided, and the procedure was an unprecedented success. If I'd only known whose child it was. Eleanor, I'm so sorry. So Gil didn't realize Eleanor was Sophia's kid. He just went, oh yeah, you'll do. Took her out of the orphanage and plopped her here after, um, what's his face, Stanley Poole kidnapped her off the streets and shoved her into an orphanage. Yeah. So, yeah. And here he talks about the Big Daddy program where he says, Anyone in the plasmid business ultimately requires the use of human test subjects. It's our dirty little secret. And to be frank, Rapture doesn't really want to know, provided the end product is sound. Volunteers were scarce, even as the economy buckled. A man named Sinclair approached us with a seemingly limitless supply. He rented them to us, bound and sedated, no questions asked. Gross. So the criminals came from Sinclair.
1: Sinclair's the
0: these worst ones. people.
1: Where was Sinclair so getting criminals?
0: So much for Sinclair being the where best of a bad cr- bunch. Well, yes, and also, yeah. Where was Sinclair getting criminals? Good question, and I have an answer later. Alex the Great reveals some of Gil Alexander's seedier secrets to us. Because Delta was the first successful Big Daddy, he underwent the most tests and became a dancing monkey for rapturians. They would come by Fontaine Futuristics and watch as plasmid after plasmid was tested on a th- theatrical stage. Um, and we, we do this. So uh, Alex the Great pulls us in and he goes, We ironed out kink after kink of our domestic plasmid line on you right here, my boy. The rapture consumer is indebted to you. We experience all of this when Alex the Great leads a show where we have to battle some splicers on stage and he works his way through the audience where corpses sit um, and they're all like motionless, they're dead. And he's, there's one part where he's like, can I have a volunteer from the audience? You sir! And he like moves over to, to a corpse and he shocks it with electricity and it doesn't move. And he's like, no, he's gone positively rigid. <laughs> like, so he's having a
2: great time. Um, so so we, we are we were the main source of test of product testing for all plasmids. In, well, you're in in, the department. Yeah, well we were the yeah, we were the guinea pig.
0: Yes. It's why he's so excited that we're back. He's like, we can get back to and work. This, and this yeah. is
2: presumably why we're the only big big daddy that can use plasmids, right?
0: Uh actually that's a really good way of explaining it that the game never does. I like that. <laughs> I like that a lot. Yeah. Good job.
1: Get on the dev team.
0: Um so yeah. We also learned that Sophia Lam was in Rapture's prison. So it did have a prison called Persephone. This is where they got oh. the criminals. Persephone.
1: Which was supposedly run by Sinclair? Maybe. Assumably.
0: Come Do on, man. So two, du- two Greek names can't be a mistake. <sighs> so during the events of... She was there during the events of Bioshock 1. So, while Jack's running around, this is why, like, where's Sophia Lamb, She's literally in Persephone during the events of Bioshock right, 1. Right, yeah. And when she broke out, she was fascinated by what she'd learned. The program of compulsion bred into Jack, the would-you-kindly brainwashing, it opened her eyes and her mind. Because she learned all about this when she broke out. Mm. Um, and she, That's another
2: reason why she'd be... Uh, uh, doubly suspicious of the kind of religious activity despite it might have been her, her secularism that made her suspicious but also she knows for a fact that this ain't a saviour this is a mind controlled rando yes well, she, rando, she
0: knows it. all about the brainwashing yeah. she learns about the science behind it she uncovers the papers by Su Chong she does all that so we, we find uh, the uh, audio log where she talks about it she says in a way this sad thing this half man has escaped the self. Highly intelligent, but devoid of so-called free will with all of its convenient blind spots. What if he had been instructed to uphold the common good? What if he were a volunteer? This calls everything into question. Psychiatry has been my continual study to chart consciousness in all of its strata. But intelligence does not require introspection. The son of Ryan was more effective... Than all of his self-aware rivals, he lived without questions. I could end the self, and save the world.
2: She's gone on a very slippery slope from collectivism to maybe there's a selfish gene and we should try and edit it out. To let's remove free will, <laughs> like. Yep. Yep.
0: Yep. 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 Yep.
2: <laughs> so we
0: find another recording by Gill, uh, which says. Sophia and I knew that to create the first true utopian would come at a high cost. We needed someone to be host to all of that atom, Rapture's finest minds, a willing subject. That is to say, myself. I was to be the first test before Eleanor, to make sure the formula worked. And if you're hearing this, it seems like it was too much for my mind to handle. Yet he
1: still performed it on everyone else! <laughs>
0: No, this, yeah, o- this is, only happened know. on him. Pumping all of Rapture's
2: genius into one person.
1: Oh, oh, sorry. I thought you meant the little sister surgery. No, no, no. no, no. I see. So okay.
2: is is what's left of him now, mm-hmm. is this a sort of memory? Is this an AI? Is this like just a ghost of is he still alive? his mind? Because he can't still be alive in, in a way that we would sort of recognize it, right? A huge but metal chamber. Full to the brim with
0: water and cast against a red light.
2: There's going to be a gross little body in here or something.
0: We hear Alex the Great's voice scream from inside of it. Eleanor Lamb's voice continues over the comms, interrupting Alex slash Gil. Mother destroyed Dr. Alexander. She tried to splice him into some kind of living saint who would calculate the common good and adhere to it tirelessly. But now he's become... Something unspeakable. So this is what's left of the original guilt. There is not a good picture, as in you do not see what's in here. You see like flashes and shadows, and it just it's just this humongous organism. Almost like a tiny baby body and a huge head, but you don't see inside okay. of it. Um you, you'll never see it. Um but yeah, so that's what that's what Eleanor says. Mother destroyed Dr. Alexander. He suggested he go ahead and try this test himself. This is what happened to him. He went insane, and as a result, he's now controlling He's like, you know, projecting himself into the Alex, the great robot that's flying about.
2: It's just a terrible, like, terrible lack of foresight as well to be like, let's, I'm going to approve, regardless if he volunteered or not, I'm going to approve testing this very probably, uh, you know, going to break his mind procedure on our one really good scientist. <laughs> like, that seems like uh, short-term thinking right there.
0: Gil's recording continues, the original Gill. The button in front of you will administer a massive jolt of electricity to the tank, more than enough to kill me. Whatever I may say to dissuade you, do not listen. The man whose voice you hear now is long gone. Please, I ask you to grab me peace. Goodbye, my friend, and thank you. Alex the Great cuts in, his voice cracking and shaking. You don't have to kill me, Delta. I'm, I'm sorry, okay? Please, please, I w- I'll go outside. I will live outside. So last choice what
2: do you do? Do you kill Alex or do you not? Well here's the thing. Yeah, this is the most complicated one. I I right, I don't know how complicated it is because the voice we're hearing mm-hmm. is the voice of Gil Alexander mm-hmm. who is saying I am not here anymore like I'm living in pain please kill me. Mm-hmm. The, vo- the the only other voice of dissent we have is this nightmarish uh ghost of the kind of worst parts of this I don't think that's him is it
0: I mean it comes back to um, I don't want to sway you either way because you know I find it very complicated I think the deeper into the rabbit hole you get the more complicated it gets because th- Alex the Great doesn't want to die if if me two years ago turned around and went oh kill me mm-hmm. you know I sent you a message to say oh by the way in two years can you kill me I've probably lost my marbles mm-hmm. um, I, I wouldn't want past me to speak for future me Mm -hmm. in hindsight you know Mm -hmm. so is that yes he's 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 insane and also it's worth acknowledging that he is mad but it kind of worked the genius of rapture is in there we do know that in his big brain that you've got all the genius all the artists all the great great inventors because not not everybody was a monster down here you know some people just was a grace who just liked to
2: sing. But their their minds are not in there. Their memories are in there.
0: They're, they're, you're right. Their memories are in
2: there. I don't care about saving, securing the future of rapture personally.
0: I want to
1: save the silly little goblin man.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he is a silly
1: little guy.
2: I don't think we're saving him, are we? We're we're. It's a good
1: question. I don't want to save Gil Alexander. I want to save Alex the Great. That is, seems so backwards. <laughs> Fuck Gil Alexander. I, he's a dick. Well, should we not kill him then? No,
2: because this isn't Gil Alexander. This is Alex the Great. No, we are going to electrocute Alex Gil, the Great. Ale- Gil Alexander. Alex the Great. They
0: are both the same person. No, they're not. In what way?
1: In, in doing the surgery, the personality has changed to a level okay. in which they are not the same person.
2: I, I agree they're not the same person. When you
1: if have wasted that know. many memories into a person, mm-hmm. then you are no longer the same consciousness. Sorry, um,
0: what I meant is like physically they're the same person. That
1: t- a body does not matter. A body is not a consciousness. I agree with you. Yep, yep. I, I want to save the silly little man. Well, Alex the Great. Yes. He's like
2: a child experimenter
1: yeah. who, like, no, no no, 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 no. It. Gil Alexander.
0: No, we, was a child experiment. You know, they're not wrong. They're not wrong uh, because <laughs> just, you're right.
2: We've just we've just seen him like execute an employee, um, a splicer for, for, that was trying a to break in. He's He's just being a silly old guy. He's probably trying
0: to trash his security ball. He's just I feel being a like silly I'm being old guy. outnumbered by you. Would you like
1: to rock paper scissors it?
0: No, no. For, for, look, I, I'm not on anybody's side because I know which one of these I would like so, you so, to do.
2: So outline for me. Yeah. The, the choice here is to electrocute whatever is in this tank. Yes. Ending it. Mm-hmm. Um, or what? Walk, walk away. Or walk away. And by electrocuting that thing in the tank, we are not killing Alex the Great. You, that thing, Alex the Great, will die. Oh, well, Alex the Great will also. This is This is Alex, no, no, isn't th- a this is yeah, Alex the Great yeah, yeah, in no, the no, tank. Got you. Got you. Okay.
0: You are killing the the man that once was Gil Alexander and is now Alex the Great. I I, I
2: don't house. know why are we not wanting to kill the the physical embodiment of everything that's gone wrong here. the the ultimate result of of
1: is he in himself not a victim? Well, you know he's no, caused
2: this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he did like experiment on Eleanor and he, you. Yeah, Stanley
2: sold you out, but he did the, the science. I still think what's, he's a silly like, little man he has, now. He is the rotten heart. Of rapture and everything that has gone wrong, leading up, and he, and he, the little snake He's worked for snake. everyone along the way. He, he was, he was the reason why, um, why Andrew Ryan could happen. He was the reason why Fontaine could happen. He's the reason why Lamb could happen. Yep. Let's end it.
1: Counterpoint. He's a silly, goofy guy. <laughs>
2: No, I let you have the last one. I'm. I'm. We're killing him. We're killing him. Okay.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, I think that's
0: totally fair. Um, Five. So we're killing Alex. I am so glad you've chosen to kill Alex. I feel like things are going to go wrong now that we've killed Alex. Delta. Don't care. Delta pushes the button. The chamber lights up with man, electricity. Drunk. We hear Alex the Great scream. It is the most unearthly thing you hear in the entire game. It's so uncomfortable and he begs you for mercy, begs you to stop. The pleading goes on for far too long, as in the game makes its point and keeps going. The clouded water of the tank turns a deep, shimmering crimson until finally there is only silence. Boo! Good, Anakin,
2: good. Boo.
0: Do it. So, part eight, Minerva's Den, is DLC. Oh. I- I'm going to put a pause on the main story, even though we're wrapping up for the end, and I'm going to take you over to Minerva's Den, which is a side story that has nothing to do with Delta, or Sophia, or Eleanor. Huh. I would be doing the game a massive disservice if I didn't tell you this bit, because mm-hmm. many people believe, myself included, that this is probably the best b- b- bit of Bioshock ev- out of all of them. Wow. Better even than one, I would argue. Um, it is a small, personal story, it's a very human story, and it's beautiful. And I probably won't even do it justice, but we're going to give it our best shot. So, forget about Sophia, forget about Eleanor, forget about Delta, forget about all of that.
1: Forgotten. Let's jump a
0: few miles away to Minerva's Den. This is a self-contained story taking place a year before Delta was uh, resurrected. A big daddy stomps through the halls of Rapture alone. No little sister in tow. Over the speaker system, we hear a voice say, Subject Sigma is approaching Minerva's Den. We must not reach the Thinker. Detonate the tunnel. Boom! We fade to black and come to, sometime later, at the bottom of the ocean. Our radio crackles, and a friendly but unfamiliar voice sounds in our ear. Hello, Mr. Sigma? Can you hear me? The name's Porter. Charles Milton Porter. Doc Tenenbaum tells me you're here to get the thinker out of Rapture. It's not gonna be easy, but nothing worth doing ever is. Minerva's den has been cut off from Rapture for some time, but I will guide you. Entering the building." We see bizarre chalk drawings on the walls. MINE is scrawled over and over and over again. Strange mathematical formulas seem to take up half the floor. This was once Rapture Central Computing. The technological and robotic front line of the city. Computers were designed here, televisions, security bots. The entire infrastructure of the city's digitization happened here. What steps into Minerva's den? A voice sounds over the speaker system. Porter's newest toy? He wants the Thinker for himself. Ah, but you see, old friend, the machine has chosen me. Look at you. You think Porter is your ally, but the Thinker chose me. Me! Its perfect equation has predicted your every move. It knows you would come. It knows where you'll go next. And it knows that you will fail.
2: Um, I think the Thinker chose him.
0: (laughs) Read Wall. Charles Porter grunts. He and I founded Rapture Central Computing, but the greedy bastard pushed me out. He pulls the strings in Minerva's den now. He's become obsessed with perfecting his predictive equation. The thinker can do plenty, but tell the future? No. The splicing drove him mad. He can rot in Rapture for all I care. We're going to make a copy of The Thinker, and take it to the land of the living. So what is everyone talking about? What the hell is The Thinker, and who even are these two nerds? Well, as always, (laughs) we've we've got some audio logs to help us out. Log one is by Wall, Reed Wall, the guy on the right here, the skinny looking guy. And he says, Porter and I are partners, but he's wasting that machine. In off hours, I've been using it to predict the outcome of baseball games, and it's incredibly accurate. Apply such equations to Rapture's markets, perhaps? This thing is the money-making grail. But Porter, I have heard him feeding it recordings of his dead wife. The fool who wants to turn the Thinker into a person. I could not imagine a sadder fate for such a perfect machine. Log 2 is by Porter. And he's in the middle of something when it picks up. And he says, Continuing input of audio data into the Thinker's database, he says, tapping on a keypad. Subject, Pearl Porter. We hear a woman's voice come out of a recorder. There's static... And then a cheerful laugh. So he's like feeding it this this audio, this recording that he's got. I don't know what to say, Milton. Uh, and then she laughs. and She goes, this is Mrs. Pearl Porter speaking. And then we hear Porter laughing in the background. He goes, that's the way. And she goes, I'm recording this message with my brilliant husband, whom I love very much. And, um, and I'm so looking forward to seeing London. And Porter chuckles and he goes, see, that wasn't so hard now, was it? Won't you be glad we have these to listen to when we're old and grey? Audiologue 3 is by Reedwall again. Porter thinks his talking computer is harmless fun. It talks like a man. This is a simple toy. <laughs> no, I have heard that Ryan is becoming paranoid about this Fontaine character. If Porter were perhaps implicated as a criminal, I would have the thinker to myself. As it was meant to be. Keep tinkering, Porter. Your time will come. Reed, obviously, started thinking, you know, uh, like, I want, I want to get the thing to myself. Ryan's kind of arresting anybody who looks like they're associated with Fontaine. Maybe I can sell them out, perhaps. Uh, our journey to unlock doors and turn on generators brings Sigma, the big daddy, to Porter's office, where we see a picture of him and his wife, Pearl, in London. They look happy. Near them, we find a couple of letters written to him by Alan Turing and Winston Churchill. Which is very silly, sure. but yeah. It seems that before coming to Rapture, Porter was working for the UK government, helping with the war effort and cracking ciphers. The letter from Winston Churchill is one of sympathy. Pearl was killed in the Blitz. More logs document Wall's obsession with this supercomputer, the Thinker, and its money-making potential. It's implied that Wall fed the Thinker voice recognition software so that he could trick Andrew Ryan into thinking Porter was allying himself with Frank Fontaine. In his paranoia, Ryan stormed down to Minerva's den one day, and confronted Porter directly. "'Rapture is at war, Porter,' Ryan says. "'And you have cast your lot with the enemy. "'Your concerned associates provided me with a recording of your own voice, "'swearing loyalty to Fontaine and his gangsters. "'Evidence of treason. "'My men are already on their way. "'The thinker no longer needs you. "'Take pride in that. "'Mr. Wall is qualified to ensure that it is used in the city's best interests. Eventually, a man's dream exceeds him, and his work becomes his legacy. For you, Charles, that hour has come. And when we enter Wall's chambers, we see his madness on full display.
2: Oh God. Yeah. Oh. So we've entered a room here um, with a sort of transparent clock window looking out into the ocean beyond. Um, in the middle of the room is a, a dead body and there's uh, uh, lettering daubed in blood on the clock behind him saying the thinker knows, and uh, something on the ground in a circle, almost sort of... Uh, That's
0: basically just the thinker over and over again. Okay. Yeah. And is this, is this is this someone we're supposed to know? No, the dead body's just a splicer or something. Uh, Reedwall killed them, and he's stuck them here. Um, but yeah, this is Reedwall's office. Sensing that we've broken into his office, Reedwall contacts us, and he says... I read to you now from the machine's predictions. Sigma enters Minerva's den, encounters hostility. Sigma enters Wall's chambers. See, do you see? The thinker has chosen me. It does not care what I once did. It's in this office that we find more recordings of Porter interacting with the thinker back in the day. And again, he's in the middle of something. And he says, Continuing input of audio data into the Thinker's database. Subject, Pearl Porter. Another recording of Pearl, plays as it's uploaded into the computer. Dear Milton, I'm recording this on the sixth straight day since you were home last. I know your work is important to the war effort, but you're not even allowed to tell me what you're working on, and that's so frustrating. London is a beautiful city, but it isn't home. I, I hope I'll see you soon, Milton. I And then in the background of the recording, we hear explosions. They get closer until eventually the audio log is cut short. Porter's voice breaks as he says, ending, ending input. As we near the thinker's core, preparing to upload it to a digital card, Wall appears and balls at us. So again, our plan is get the thinker, get the software and get it, get it to the surface.
1: Mm. are we doing that on like porter's instruction
0: or what yeah yeah so uh, so i should point out because we've not really covered gameplay this is very open i've just kind of i'm just kind of reading audio logs and anytime someone pops up this whole facility is open it's very metroidvania in its design you unlock new plasmids and stuff oh. you unlock doors the entire time reed's yelling at you porter is popping up and going like oh hey uh, come through here and there might be like a key for you to get and you go oh great thanks porter porter's so, helping you po- the whole time both porter and reed are alive yes and yeah. seemingly porter sent us in yes yeah porter is here to help us get the Thinker. Cool. Presumably because he's fed the thinker a bunch of pearl
2: stuff. He also says, Let's get it back to the land of the living. So, you back know, to the land of the living,
0: yeah. yeah.
1: unless he's meaning, Let's get pearl back to the land of the living. Yeah, maybe.
2: Uh, so we get
0: there and we, we see Wall Wall appears why ally behind yourself. glass of course <laughs> As yeah although again that glass is about to open um, and he's, he's all spliced up and half his face is bloody missing he's got like almost like he's trying to cybernetically enhance himself a little bit it's yeah it's, it's crazy and he goes why ally yourself with Porter Sigma a man sent to Persephone does not deserve your trust well I've tried to keep you from the machine and you did not listen well the equation ends here He comes at us gun in hand, but he's no match for the strength of a big daddy. We knock him to the ground and kill him. But it seems like he engineered some kind of self-destruct. And that is when Bridget Tenenbaum rings in our ear. And she says, Herr Sigma, it is Dr. Tenenbaum. With the computer disabled, Minerva's den is falling to pieces. You must bring the thinker back to full power. We swipe a card from Wall's body, bring bring the computer online, finally hearing the robotic monotone voice of the thinker. Mainframe, reactivated. Confirming user's genetic identity. Identity, confirmed. Alpha series. Subject, Sigma. Former identity, Charles Milton Porter. Uh, Oh. Welp. Oh no, we're both robots now. Yeah. So Porter, Porter is, we are playing as Charles Milton Porter. He is the big daddy.
1: Wait, so then who is the Porter who's been giving us instructions?
0: A beat. And then the thinker clicks back in and says, Welcome back, Charles. Ending personality duplication. Charles Milton Porter. So the thinker has been pretending to be Charles to guide us back. And presumably
2: tricking Wall into uh, uh, thinking that it's not going to go bad for, for him. Yes, yes.
0: Uh, and bear in mind that Charles isn't just wearing a suit; he has become a big daddy. So that's why Charles, real human big daddy Charles, believes that Charles is telling him he doesn't realize what's because he's been brainwashed and he's all, all he's all jumbled up. So Charles programmed the Thinker to essentially teach him how to get back to the Thinker, but he knew he had to turn to a big daddy to stop Wall because Wall's all spliced up and he's turned the whole facility into one big security force. Mm-hmm. Tenenbaum's voice cuts him, and she says, You see now why I let the machine speak for you, Mr. Porter? We needed a voice that would be familiar, comforting, your own. With that copy of the Thinker's programming, we may return to the surface and use it to restore you to the man you once were. Wait, what? (laughs) Meet me at the bathysphere dock. I will be waiting. Interesting. You can
1: undo the big daddy. This is
0: never further explained, but the takeaway is that the Thinker is this supercomputer that somehow maybe has managed to find a way to turn someone back uh, without killing you, basically. Yeah. A safe way to return you back to if
2: your you can, If it can see all possibilities, it can maybe sort of see one <coughs> where it's... Exactly. Gosh. Mm. Wow. That's, uh... So,
0: we're not done. Uh, down into the basement of Minerva's den, we descend, slowly clomping to the bathosphere where Tenenbaum awaits. And as we do, we hear one last audio log. And this one is just called Pearl. Porter says, I believe I'm done feeding audio recordings and personal anecdotes to the thinker. I am set to test the personality duplication function. Target personality, Pearl Porter. Thinker, are you ready? Yes, Milton, Milton, responds the thinker. He clears his throat, takes a moment, and says, Starting test. Hello, Pearl. Hello, Milton. Pearl's voice sounds out of the thinker's speakers. How, how have you been? Just wonderful, Milton. I've missed you, though. It's been so long. A beat. And then he says, Pearl, I... No, no, this isn't right. It isn't... It's not her. Thinker, stop the test. But what's the matter, Milton? Thinker responds in Pearl's voice. Don't you still love me? Porter stifles a sob, reconciles himself, and says, God, God, I said... I said end function, Thinker. Now! There's the sound of the thinker powering down. It's over, Porter whispers. As Charles Milton Porter heads towards the bathysphere, Tenenbaum's voice keeps him company. The thinker never gave up on you, Mr. Porter. It could not leave you behind. Soon you, I, and the thinker will return to the surface and your machine will help me change you back. Soon you will no longer be Sigma. You will once again be Charles. Together they ascend. And we hear Porter's words... A few years later.
1: In theory, is yeah. this... Or not in theory. Um, it, it, when chronologically is this taking place? Is this like... A year before... A year before Bioshock 2. Before uh, what
0: we're doing right how now. How many times has Mom come up and down and up and down and up and down? This is her escaping. Oh, for the first time. She went up, came back like... Very, very quickly after. Mm, okay. Yeah, this is her. So she came up, fixed Charles, and like was like, "Cool, bye." She came up, fixed Charles, and, and then while she was up there, she learned maybe through the thinker. Maybe the thinker told her, like, "Hey, by the way, uh, little sisters are disappearing," you know, because supercomputer in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So together they ascend, and we hear Porter's words a few years later. He stands at his wife's grave, no longer trapped in the Big Daddy suit. Wow. City. God, I lived through the Blitz, he says, and rapture, and they took away my mind. My voice. But nothing ever scared me as much as saying goodbye to you. I wanted to save you. Bring you back. The only way I knew how. But you wouldn't want that. I know that now. And I think I'm finally ready to let you go your own way. Goodbye, Pearl. I love you more than I've got words for. Oh, And that's Minerva's death. That was amazing. It's it's a really lovely little story. I don't it, the, honestly retelling the story doesn't give it um, the gravitas because you, it's a substantial DLC. It's like two, three, four hours long. Um, because oh, the Metroidvania I, level designs really. I think you
2: did uh, that did that really b- nice. real justice. I like that a lot. It's, it's nice almost to see, like, in the shit of Rapture. I was going to say, it's just it's about nice. the closest thing to a happy ending we see a character ever get.
0: Uh, it's also worth me knowing, I didn't include it in this because I didn't find it relevant, because I've told you this before, Chase, but Charles Milton Porter is the character specifically that we learn about who, because he's a black man, people ask him why he hasn't changed his skin colour. Oh. He is that the guy who we learn that yeah. that is a thing. Like, oh, splicing, Uh-oh. genetic splicing, why haven't you done this? And he's like, because well, I... What? Yeah. yeah. So oh, it's uh, it's like a throwaway line in I one of his audio. I
1: completely forgot about that. Yeah,
0: you forget just like how gross Rapture was with the splicing stuff. But anyway, um, this is it. Final part all right
1: back to finding out what you killing the best boy
0: did <laughs> your
2: best boy was a lunatic that's a murderous why,
0: m- that's
1: why he was best boy uh, so you keep now- your
2: child experimentation i don't want any of it over here call me controversial
0: alex-, <laughs> alex the great never experimented on children once um so we've been hearing quite a lot about so. persephone about this prison persephone and how people from persephone returned into big daddies for example Persephone's where milton was taken uh, charles milton porter was taken um Sorry, Ryan. to go back one second. Yeah. Was Charles ever like actually working with Fontaine? No, no. Wall Wall fed the Thinker recordings and then used that to send Ryan like an audio message, oh. pretending and framed him. That's why he was like, the Thinker doesn't care what I've done because Reed felt bad about it, but he knew he wanted the Thinker to himself. I see. Um, two two partners, two technological partners, and Reed betrayed him. But yeah, so so Persephone's where people were taken to get turned into Big Daddies. So let's. Let's learn a bit more about Persephone. Let's, you know, finish the game. So as we leave Fontaine Futuristics, Sinclair's voice guides us, and he says, On your ride is an oxyfill station, kid. Don't be fooled by its facade. It'll lead you to Persephone. And Eleanor. Find her fast. Her mama's got all the rapture dying to keep the two of you apart. Down a platform we go before emerging into Rapture's secret prison. We approach the entrance hall and we see Eleanor. She's trapped in a cage. A glass box surrounded by candles. She lies sleeping on a bed surrounded by television screens.
2: Persephone is, um, again, uh, in Greek, my like limited understanding of Greek mythology, Persephone is Hades' wife, mm. isn't she? She's De- Demeter's daughter and is uh, sort of initially tricked into to coming to Hades, isn't she?
0: Yes, but the two do fall in love, yeah, and in love. Hades yeah. is a very good... Uh, the Nubis would kill me if I didn't point out Hades, a very good loving no, husband. Yeah, it also isn't the one to trick her Yeah, think. also
2: Hades isn't the devil. It's not yeah. like the once one with, with... it's just his job to... You could this, argue he's one souls. of the best. Oh, for sure. He's the only one who doesn't sort of, you know, pretend to be animals and, you know, have sex with unsuspecting human women. <laughs> um. Um, so Eleanor is in this
0: box, yeah, and uh, we hear Sophia Lamb's voice. Look at her, Delta, she says from inside the chamber. She's watching Eleanor sleep. Ten years, and still she dreams of you. Do you know why Eleanor brought you here? She wanted a father, so she found a way to restore you in body and in mind. We get flashes of what Eleanor did for us. She whispered to the little sisters. She asked them to drag our corpse to one of the Vita chambers so we could all come for her. And she has been watching you ever since. Is she still a little sister here? Technically. She's a grown-ass
2: woman.
1: Well, yeah, but is she still under, like, little sisterisms or was? did Mom put her back?
2: I don't know, maybe. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Mysteries, boy. Mysteries, mysteries.
0: She has been watching you ever since, Slam says, exalting your every act as gospel. We see Grace Holloway, Stanley Poole, Gil Alexander, the little sisters that we saved or harvested. The girl lying on that bed is no longer my child, nor my life's work. She is a monster, shaped by you alone, just as she has always wanted. But there is one detail of your mutual bond she failed to account for. Lamb stands. Your body was designed to lapse into a coma when her heart ceases to beat. Oh no. She picks up a pillow. elida she whispers, forgive me. She presses the pillow onto Eleanor's face. Eleanor struggles, she screams, she tries to fight. Delta smashes his hand on the glass, but as Eleanor's life force fades, so does our own. We collapse. Everything goes black, as we hear Lamb's words. Watch him. His body is shutting down now, naturally, but it will take time. Full restraints at all times. No one enters this room until he expires. We come to, but the world is a blurry, lightened mess. Delta is dying. Eleanor's voice echoes into his mind. Father, it's me. I'm so sorry. Mother stopped my heart long enough to sever our bond. Staying near me won't stop you from dying now, but I can still help you escape. The other sisters are made from me in part. As they grow up in rapture, I... Yeah, the other, she was the first little sister. So all the other little sisters come from her in part. They took some of her genes, part of the atom, put them into the little sisters. Hmm. As they grow up in rapture, I felt it all. When you were with the little ones, they trusted you as their father because of me. Mother was right about one thing. I've been watching you, father, studying the way you treat others. And now I know who I am. This little sister has brought you something that will allow you to take control of her. We uh, look over and see the shape of a little sister standing on top of us. She puts her finger to her mouth and says, shh, before stabbing us with her needle. Our vision warps, Delta closes his eyes, and when he opens them, he's looking out from behind a little sister's gaze, and we see the world the same way the little sisters see it. Splicers don't look mutated, they look like party guests on New Year's Eve. Oh. Rapture isn't peeling away, rusting and rotting, it's a bright, angelic white. Blood is replaced with petals. Mm. So, uh, look Mr. Bubbles, it's an angel, etc. Oh, wow, Yeah. And true to Sophia Lamb's word, moments from our adventure are immortalised. Time for the consequences of your actions. For example, a statue of Delta holding Stanley Holloway by the throat, our drill ready to bury into his gut. (laughs) Daddy meets Uncle Stanley is written in bold letters underneath. If you don't kill Stanley, this is what the statue looks like. Yeah, if we chose to spare him, the statue shows Delta helping Stanley to his feet. Good, Eleanor says. Now... Inside Mother's office, there is a way to unlock these chambers she's holding us in. Find a way to slip in there and open the door. We break into Lamb's office and see her speaking over the PA system. So we break into Lamb's office and see her speaking over the PA system. Attention, Lamb says. Augustus Sinclair has been seen within Persephone. He will attempt to reach Subject Delta. All family duties are hereby suspended until he is found. What Mother did to me left me weak, Eleanor says in our ear. I need you to bring me the pieces of a big sister suit if I'm going to help you escape. Oh. So that is exactly what we do. We gather up all the pieces and bring them to Eleanor. And time to do some consequence stuff and check on myself. So uh, you killed two people and saved just one. We should have done the old pacifist run.
1: No, because you never would have wanted to save Alex the Great.
2: It wasn't about saving Alex the Great. It was about killing the embodiment of everything that had happened with Rapture over the last 20 years.
1: Happened to Pacifist Run?
2: Well, uh, you might have convinced me if we hadn't just killed some journalist who was a bit scummy and evil. He was so much more evil! Definitely not.
1: He did it to us personally. (laughs) So did Alexander. He he experimented on us for years.
0: So playing as the little sister, uh, we, we give Eleanor the bits of the big sister suit. And she says, she continues with her monologue. And she says, get in it? I survive, Eleanor says, no matter the cost. Oh, It's not personal. It's the law of nature. Oh dear. That's what you taught me. So what I'm about to do, and then she puts the helmet on, is perfectly natural. She reaches down and harvests the little sister.
2: Ah, she says, much better. Ready now. Seems like a weird consequence in a playthrough where we've made a decision not to harvest a single little sister.
0: I am going to be very honest with you. Um, I have. Seems like bullshit. I know. I have been very reductive in your choices. Um, to be frank, uh, I think she. We might cure the little sister here, but you're getting baddie Eleanor. To be frank, yeah, uh, exactly. you're getting selfish, Eleanor, because of your choices. Um, out of
1: curiosity, yes. did, we, did we make the choices you wanted us to make?
0: I hoped you would get Batty Elner because I think it's much more interesting. Okay, cool.
1: Um,
0: but yeah, for what it's worth, I'll just tell you: um, if you if you get Goody Eleanor, um which to be honest, let, let me t- be fair to you. Again, people are going to shout me in the comments because I've reduced five million different variations into Goody and Batty. Um But but I, the way I decided to weight this was: you got three choices, and out of those, do you do you majority kill or majority save? Uh, that's how I've reduced this. You will get to watch cutscenes later. This is my choice as narrator. Fuck you, fight me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but for, for what it's worth, if you get good at Eleanor, what she says is, I have hope. So what I'm about to do is pass that hope on to my sisters. And then she cures the little sister. So to be fair, I'm going to say that she cures the little sister, but she is bad at Eleanor, so a selfish okay. Elner. So we flash back to Delta's body. I will say that these pictures are all pretty much from Goody Eleanor playthrough, but her light is red the entire time for Batty oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Uh So she, she enters Delta's room where he's like lying like on the floor. And she goes, I am the skin of a born survivor. And now I'm ready to fight at your side, father. Mother doesn't stand a chance. Subject Delta, Lamb's voice booms around the prison through a tannoy, despite the fact she's barely whispering. I know you can hear me. You have stolen my life's work and with it my only daughter again she wanted to make a selfless utopian and we have made a selfish creature um either way lamb is raging and basically says this sort of monologue because her thought process and and i i've seen some really good justifications for this actually which make me slightly change my mind on this but generally i much prefer the baddie eleanor reveal because i think it's a good twist in in the sense of like ah every action i've done has fed what this what my daughter is what eleanor is um on the flip side, uh, Lamb's rage ragingness and being like, oh, the whole experiment's wasted now, is her realization just that even if Eleanor is a selfless utopian, it's all because of Delta, not because of her conditioning and her work. So people point to that and go, it's just an example of how h- much of a hypocrite she is. She doesn't she didn't care about making a utopian. She wants to be the one to make the utopian. What matters yeah. is her. She's actually selfish all along, sort of idea. Which I also think is a really nice justification for it, but I much prefer the baddie Eleanor twist. Uh so Lamb says, Yes, yeah, subject Delta, you have stolen my life's work, and with it my only daughter but Rapture is the house of monsters the surface will not have us and now we shall be buried as a family side by side oh god Eleanor gasps she's going to drop Rapture into the trench it's miles deep we have to find Sinclair Persephone has a lifeboat but he's the owner he'll have the key So off we go, through Persephone, battling splicers, side by side with Eleanor. And this is all gameplay. We get a plasmid called, like, Summon Eleanor or something.
1: Wait, so even even Batty Eleanor is still on our side? Oh, yeah. Batty
0: Eleanor only cares about herself and Delta. Oh,
1: okay, okay, Nothing else. She still cares about
0: Delta, though. Yeah, 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 because we're her dad. Um, Not not in, like, a loving way, just in a, like, I need you to get out of here, you need me to get out of here, we're working together, father, sort of idea. Um, so yeah, we battle with her side by side, we do this all in gameplay, we can summon her to fight. Depending on your choices so far, she'll say things like, Goody Eleanor will say things like, I'll do what I must before, like, fighting. Or, "Bad Eleanor will go, Die! 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 Like, she'll just relish in the bloodlust. Uh, it's great. Uh, but as we push through to Lamb's lifeboat, we are faced with a tragic sight. An Alpha Big Daddy leans, breathing heavily, up against a window. A metal key in his hand. Don't you... Recognize Sinclair, Delta, Lamb says. Now, he is what you should have been. One final alpha, ready to die for the family. As Persephone's founder and former owner, he is the ideal man to put you back in your cage.
1: Wait, when did he get turned into one? Who during, tur-
0: during this whole time when we have been knocked out. But well, who turned him into one? Sophia. Lamb land, landed. Lamb knows land how to do
1: that. I thought that... Alex the Great was the one turning people.
2: Uh I mean bear in mind that like in the first one Jack turned himself into one. Like it's not I, a difficult I, I, process. I, I feel I feel mm. no sympathy towards Sinclair. I'm honestly, glad he's dead. Why? Sinclair's awful. Sinclair yeah, was Sinclair was taking Sinclair was exploiting people in prison. the slums. Um he was he was kidnapping fucking mm. people he decided were criminals to use them in experiments. So yeah, he's fine he rented them out remember? Right? I'm worried about you
0: today. <laughs> That's what, that's what Lamb says. Sinclair has been turned into a big daddy. And and through the window he's holding this genetic key up that we need to get in the lifeboat. And he says, this is an audio log, we find an audio diary by Sinclair, where he says, Persephone, secret home of Sinclair Solutions. I better guessed Andrew Ryan's vision of harmony and rapture, offered him a quiet place to send anybody who wasn't working out. And now I'm sitting on my own private think tank. It's
1: great.
0: Technically, Utopia shouldn't have much use for a detention facility, but if you do business as long as I have, well, you'll learn to pick a brand name from the writing on the wall. It wasn't just cold-blooded murderers who were sent here, it was anyone who spoke out against Rhine. Unionists, dissenters, the smugglers before they were strung up in Apollo Square, all were brought to Persephone on the DL. Sinclair kept it ticking along, and as the years passed, Rhine eventually came to him and asked for prisoners for a couple of little experiments. He paid enough, so Sinclair let him have his pick. The Big Daddy, formerly known as Sinclair clutches his head as if in pain, and then rushes away down the hallway. He doesn't say a word to us. He just runs away. Catch him! We need that key! Eleanor shouts, and so we pursue.
2: God, Eleanor's just rubbish, isn't she? She's been like, look what I did. Mwahaha! Remember Sinclair was helping you? Now he's going to put you back in your cage. Wait! Sinclair, where are you going? Oh, no. And he's got the key. Oh, dear. Oh Eleanor's great. She's so well, bad at stuff. No, no, no,
0: no. Sorry, no. no. It's Lamb that says he's going to put you back in your cage. Eleanor is saying, we catch him. We need the key. If we're going to get out of here, oh, we need Eleanor's to get the key him. My
2: apologies, sorry.
0: Sophia, baddie, Eleanor, yeah, yeah. kid baddie. Um, Still a baddie, but less baddie. On our side, baddie. Um, so, yeah. I no, mean, she's not really done anything bad. No, she's just enjoying the killings.
2: Yeah. Of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, she's not done anything bad she just likes killing people you're the one who thinks that sending political prisoners for fucking human experimentation is okay it's
0: fine I didn't realise Bioshock 2 would be the downfall of Lord Dump (laughs) Fine. so downfall of rapture End, Lord Ump. so Sinclair races away but he does call us up on the comms and he says kid lamb's in my head I can't help myself have to fight just to talk she wants me to stop you from leaving I'm I'm sorry but you're gonna need to kill me, please kill me and take the key. So I think it's it's kind of neat. I really like this. the The whole game, you're kind of expecting Sinclair to like sell you out to do an Atlas, maybe because he is the Atlas type of character. And in the end, no, like Sinclair, bad bloke. But Sinclair, not bad bloke to Delta. Cool dude, right? Didn't cool dude. Didn't, it didn't just doesn't make me like him anymore. He's still <laughs> done. It's just, it's just worth acknowledging, like, he
2: never lies to Delta either. He, he
0: never, he never well, it doesn't lied. matter
2: when you're dying, does it? Well, like, no, he never lied the whole game. Yeah, but, like, he, he's yeah. just dying now, and he's just given us something. You know, it might be out of spite for what Lamb's done to him. I—I I, He's shown nothing to make me feel any sympathy. Now we're besties. <laughs> so, cue boss fight with Sinclair. As we
0: battle, he says he's sorry for everything. He admits to building Persephone. He confesses that he let Andrew Ryan take us away for experimentation. See? His last words as we kill him is so long, kid. Thank you.
1: He's apologetic. (laughs) He's going to heaven now to live with the angels.
0: And then just as we're heading back to the lifeboat, boom, an earth shattering explosion comes from where the lifeboat is. Damn, Eleanor says. Mother has bombed the ballast compressors. The lifeboat will be too heavy to launch unless... I think I could boil away the water and get the lifeboat to rise. But I can't generate that much energy alone. We need the rest of Mother's little sisters. So, Eleanor and Delta gather all of the little sisters together. Uh, Again, it's not fair to do this to you because I would argue with your choices. This is not what Eleanor would do. Um, Just give it to us. I'm going to give you bad, Eleanor. Silently, like a tiger on the hunt... Eleanor absorbs all of the atom from them, powering her up, but at the cost of their lives. She stands in front of the lifeboat, and with all of the power she's amassed, she boils the water. The lifeboat starts to float. Escape is just around the corner. Um, Are you curious to know what good Eleanor does? Yeah, okay. So, uh, good Eleanor... they They literally go and they, uh, they, they they go and find the little sisters and rather than Eleanor kind of what she does is in the bad one is like she teleports, she like zaps over, gets this one, this one, grabs this one. It's really you know, you don't it's not nice to watch. Um, in In the good one, she like leads them as like a little army. Oh. And takes them up to the lifeboat and then together they all hold hands and they walk into the water and they're combined. They work. They do the, set, the collectivist thing. They combine their their efforts and they manage to boil that water away to release the lifeboat, which I think is really nice. Um, and again, to be honest, if you were playing the game and you haven't harvested any, that's probably the ending you'd get. Yeah. But, um, anyway, so regardless of what happens, uh, the lifeboat's floating, it's about to escape and then Boom. You would rip my only daughter from her home, her family, and feed her to the world, to a world without hope, she snarls. Though Utopia may die with her, I would sooner see us fall. Goodbye, Eleanor. Mother will be waiting for you. Boom again. Rapture's very foundations rock, creak, and groan. The lifeboat floats with it. Elner and Delta race to reach it, but then boom again and again. Boom, boom, boom. Everywhere, all the booms and all the explosions. They're blown sideways into the control center where Sophia Lam is starting to drown. All of Rapture is flooding. The the city is gone. There's no way to make another Bioshock in Rapture after this. And we get our ending. Everything you're about to see, we hear her monologue over it. So Eleanor says, You taught me that innocence is chrysalis, father. A a phase that's designed to end. Only when we are free of it do we know ourselves. You showed me that my survival, my joy are all that matter. I indulge. Nothing else exists. Eleanor swims over to her mother, who is trying to, to swim to the surface. And she she grabs her and holds her there. She's got the little big sister suit on, so she won't drown. And she holds Sophia, watching as she she drowns. We fade to white. We hear father and daughter break the waves and swim to the lifeboat. The rapture dream is over, Eleanor says. But in waking, I am reborn. With the bond severed between Delta and Eleanor, his life force starts to fade for good. She looks dope. This uh, is baddie Eleanor yeah, she, looks, she looks dope as hell I uh, also know that your changes seem to have affected the weather I will show you the good ending It's a pl- crisp blue clear sky in the good ending yeah, Is
1: that b- the
2: lighthouse? From...
0: Yes, that is uh, the lighthouse No, it's not, sorry um, It's the lifeboat We're on the lifeboat ah. um, But yeah, so uh, Delta is dying There's no saving us this time You may not have wanted me, Father Eleanor says But you defined me You chose to survive No matter the cost And I will not let your instincts go to waste. She pulls out her needle and absorbs the last of Delta's essence. You will always be with me now, Father. Your memories, your drives. A storm swirls over the Atlantic, threatening to wash the world away. There is no word for what I am, Eleanor wonders. But the world is about to change. And they will never see me coming. And the credits roll.
1: Yeah. let get him fucked, Eleanor.
0: Uh, do, do, for the sake of it, do you want to hear what happens in the good ending? Yes. Yeah, okay. Sure. Well, let me go back. I have thoughts. So Eleanor uh, gives her mother an oxygen mask. Oh. Um, and again, through all of this, we hear her final monologue, which is different. And again, I'd be very reductive with this. There's like five different monologues, depending on which combination of choices you make. Uh, but this is pure good, Eleanor. You've saved everyone and not harvested a little sister. You taught me that evil is just a word. Under the skin is just a simple word. For you, mercy was victory. You sacrificed, you endured, and when given the chance, you forgave. Always. Mother believed this world was irredeemable, but she was wrong, Father. We are Utopia. You and I. And she gives the oxygen mask to Sophia. Uh, they don't save her, she just gives her the oxygen mask and they, they float away, uh, they swim away from her. Uh, so she's probably going to die anyway, but she gives her a chance. And in forgiving, we left the door open for her. We fade to white and we hear father and daughter break the waves and swim to the lifeboat. The rapture dream is over, Elnor says. But in waking, I am reborn. And her tone is different. The voice actor's tone is different. Uh, so with the bond severed, Delta is still dying. Uh, and Elner says, this world is not yet ready for me, but here I am. It would be so easy to misjudge them. You are my conscience, father, and I need you to guide me. She pulls out her needle, absorbs the last of Delta's essence. You will always be with me now, father. When I need you, you'll be on my shoulder, whispering. Elner looks to the little sisters that they saved, the sun shining on their face, slow smiles spreading across them, relief as they bask in the crisp air. And Elner says, If Utopia is not a place, but a people, then we must choose carefully, for the world is about to change. And in our story, rapture was just the beginning. And the credit's from yeah. uh, So that's a good ending. Uh, but yeah, so there you go. You say you have thoughts, Neil. What do you think?
2: Okay, I think parts of this game handles the sort of political nuance of the two or the philosophical nuance of the two ideals, the opposing ideologies with all the nuance of a fucking sledgehammer. Um, I, I think, mean, same, I same with objectivism in one. Yeah, I yeah. think it's exemplified the, the slight problem I have with it at the end. Maybe you can top me down from this. But So our, our endings, right? Um, Eleanor gives into selfishness or Eleanor gives into, or Eleanor uh, is convinced to extol the virtues of real collective action, mm-hmm. right? Her her mother was wrong in how she saw collectivism how she implemented it. This is how we do it, by working together, by us, the workers, pulling together, we can achieve things together, yep. we can make the world better together. Um, and you, you taught me that, reflected in your choices. But I would say that none of the choices we made represent the values of collectivism none of those choices they're just about killing or sparing people it's not to do with collective action or you know anything it's just or 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 like selflessness or it's just a bit weak
0: um i don't disagree with anything you have just said i just really like the idea that we make an oh, elder yeah.
2: I, I, I i like i think that's it. i think that's super yeah. cool but it's like yeah i can kind of see the the argument for the other way where it's like yeah, giving in to killing them is selfish, but again, even then, giving in to kill these objectively bad people mm-hmm. is not an argument against collectivism or an argument for, um, you know, for Randian politics. It's
0: also very messy with Gil Alexander, which is why I think is the most interesting one because Gil wants Alex the Great. Sorry, Gil wants you to kill Alex. You know, he mm. asks to be killed, and whether or not you think, however you feel about the two opposing
2: philosophies, I don't know if that should he also make her. The, himself. He is, we are also bearing in mind in that case killing whether or not we agree it's right to kill them. we are ending the embodiment mm. of of you know the, the the failings of both of these philosophies and and, I, yeah. and and either way it's like oh no you either made the objectivist choice or the collective choice no that's not those things yeah it's yeah so those the, the, the actual choices themselves I think are pretty weak when it comes to informing the endings but I do like that we uh, as you say I, I like that we've been unintentionally Um, informing who this person's going to be.
0: Again, maybe it's just because of my bloodlust, so I like, you know, (sighs) giving you a baddie, Eleanor, right? But um, it's also worth noting that I do really like exactly the point you made there of um, Eleanor embodies true collectivism in the good ending, literally by working together with the little sisters to raise the lifeboat. You know, they they literally work together. I like that. I think that's a really beautiful, poignant moment, actually. Um... It's, it is messy. It is messy. It's as messy as the ending of Bioshock 1, which is also messy. Um, but that's mainly from a gameplay. you got your escort mission. you got your crap boss fight way. Um, you know, Frank Fontaine getting killed by the Little Sisters is poetic justice in Bioshock 1. This is... Yeah, it's... Political philosophy is a mess.
1: Is it at all intentional that Eleanor looks like the female protag of
0: Infinite? Uh, Elizabeth. Yeah. Um, it was definitely not intentional... Um, but again, we are seeing interesting parallels, I believe. Actually, no, it, it's definitely not intentional. I can tell you that for a fact because Elizabeth did not always look like Elizabeth. Elizabeth, at one point, during very early development, looked like a old, middle-aged conservative woman with graying hair. Mm-hmm. Um, they did not make her a young girl like like Eleanor is, who I think is meant to be like, you know. Until after this 18 game 18. came out? No, by this point, they had decided what their Elizabeth was. Mm-hmm.
1: Here's my final thoughts. Yes. Uh, on, on Bioshock 2 is... It, abs- it absolutely feels like it was made by a different studio uh-huh. but that's not a bad thing i feel like it feels like a fantastic action game mm. in a fun mm. familiar setting i i never once got that it was trying to push philosophical ideals in the same way that one does
2: and i and i would argue the yeah. endings there because one of them is couldn't be more clear that it's good and bad i mean okay, there are five jesus jesus down to the but like the 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 actual you know um, either her being like the world's not ready for me let me harvest your bud or I'm assuming they're the only two or you're going to sit on my shoulder for I'm sure that I'm assuming those are the only the main sort of the sky's cloudy or the sky's clear uh, pretty yeah. much yeah so, yeah her monologue is different so the, the game couldn't present let's just take those two options more clearly as good and bad mm. So, and I think in doing so while condemning um, Lam and how she did things I still think it ends up landing on the message of uh, yeah Ryan was still wrong because self selfishness is the bad ending but collectivism not done how lamb did it absolutely but yep. done um you know with a pure heart is the good sunny ending so i think it is still backing up backing up the 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 point that the first game makes um in a weird way Yeah no you're you're not wrong again
0: cuz cuz bear in mind as well that all of every single aspect of lamb's science Is built off of the stuff for the first game, is built off of objectivist science, is built off of the Adam, is built off of little sisters, big daddies, all of these, you know, all of that. So again, it goes back to my, I wish you hadn't built this off the bones of Rapture, I wish you'd come up with your own way of doing it cleverly, with your own science that ties into your philosophy sort of stuff. This is, uh, I will, what I will say is that this is the the latest point in the canon. Um, There is, is this is, Infinite is a different universe different oh, universe disconnected from rapture altogether but I, well, I would say I don't know if I like that well it's Fun what then? it's what I well see it's what I said I wanted I want I like Bioshocks when it's like their own universe their own philosophies their own city to be fair I feel like that's my 2023 brain mm-hmm. that's been rotted
1: by everything having connected universes and <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of just want everything yeah. to be like oh you're
2: still Mar- Marvel has truly done so much damage uh, we're
0: gonna <laughs> wrap up and I will give you a little tease about what we're getting next time heads oh tails come on let me through heads or tails what was your favourite part of that tease
1: Ah, I'm falling out of the sky
0: sure yeah that'll work what about you Uh, I'm not I'm still on a balloon (laughs) Uh, and we're going to say goodbye Uh, thank you very much for listening (laughs) and we will see you in the next one
1: Um, bye bye daddies
2: (laughs) you held off on daddy jokes the whole way through this I was (laughs) so proud I was so so proud